Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Ophthalmologist Dr. Strauss has seen firsthand how the metaverse is helping surgeons practice the procedures to treat cataracts. Cataracts are the primary cause of avoidable blindness. He works with a virtual reality training platform developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International to help surgeons develop the muscle memory they need. The result? More confident, capable surgeons. And even more importantly, patients who can see. Explore more stories like Dr. Strauss's at meta.com slash metaverse impact. This episode brought to you by the following patrons. Jay's Pack, Sex Caliber Bones a Lot, Madeline, Edward, Sunzi, Alyssa, Vixen, Holly, Natasha, Laura, Boise, Jeremy, Ali, Mr. Ragebomb, Libby, Wes, Dreskel, Aaron, Kristen, Tia, Lauren, Jonathan, Kate, Isaac, and Karun. And all the patrons want you to know you're loved, you're listened to, and you're a valuable member of this awesome horror virgin community. And if you want to hang out with us, do so in the Facebook group where we hang out daily. Well, no, the, the gym did a hat, like a... They call it like a hang. So on Friday, they like opened the lobby and there's like a yard in front of it. And they like bought a bunch of beer. Are you still talking about a strip club? No, it's, this is his gym. This is my oh. gym. He's talking about his gym right now. <laughs> <laughs> what was that after hours place? It was like called the church or something. Oh, yeah. I think that's now a swingers club. Yeah, I don't think it exists anymore. Well, I think it is that. I think you're right about it being a swingers oh, club. Oh, yeah. Mikey's, Mikey doesn't know for sure, but like <laughs> he thinks it might be a swingers club. Wink it, I don't have to. I'm not. I'm single. It's not called swinging. This is just living. I get, <laughs> you're the, you're I, yeah. the creepy single guy yeah. in the swingers club. Yeah, they don't let single guys in to yeah. swingers clubs. That's the thing. I've never been to one, but that actually makes sense as a rule. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Thank you for tuning in horror virgin on page i'm mikey and i'm your horror virgin todd which means i don't like scary movies but you guys make me watch them and this week of course because it's friday the 13th we had to have on our friday the 13th expert, expert? nationally recognized friday the 13th <laughs> yes. i don't think so yes jonathan, jonathan then walk hello yes thank you so much for joining us what's up Yes. I'm very, very excited to be here, though. Talking one of the craziest entries in the franchise. <laughs> yes. I have mixed thoughts about this film. This is Mikey's new favorite 80s film. No, I no, it's not. It's not as good as whatever <laughs> film that I said that, that about. Was fine. Which I stand <laughs> that by. Was fine. I stand yeah. by Mikey it. Mikey fully yeah. does not remember what film he stood by, <laughs> but he is standing by it. I remember it was, it was Friday the 13th 5, which is absurd because clearly the best one is Friday the 13th 6. Yes. Which I think we said. Yeah, we agreed. It's got hot Tommy, Tommy Jarvis. I'll tell you what is not my favorite Friday the 13th film. This, this one? one? <laughs> <laughs> because we did Friday the 13th Part 8, Jason Takes Manhattan? Where the true villain, which is only revealed in the last third, is New York, where everyone is murder <laughs> killers. Dude, yes, when they get to New York, it is a wasteland. It's Escape from New York-ass New yes, York. Yes, they're like, we have to get out of the sewers. They fill with toxic acid every yeah. night. 
Every and you dissolve. Day. Look, we can't prove that didn't happen in 1989. We have no How idea. How do you think Giuliani got rid of the homeless? Oh my, my favorite, <laughs> real quick though, my favorite, my favorite behind the scenes thing though was when the parts that are in Vancouver, yes. they actually had to like New York it up yep. because everything in Vancouver is like super clean. Yes. So like they had to spray paint the subway. That is. <laughs> Awesome. I love that. And that fits, right? It's Canadians. Yep. Because this movie contains no footage of actual New York that isn't a part of the credits and or the last shot of the movie, right? No, they're in Times Square. In yeah, Times they Square go to twice. Times Square. Oh, that's true. They do They do run through Times Square twice. You're right. They also go to 42nd Street and a couple other places. But I'll burn a fun fact early. Uh, the screenwriter originally had written parts in Brooklyn, uh, Madison mm-hmm. Square Garden, mm-hmm. uh, Times Square, <laughs> all of it. He wanted the entire movie to take place in Manhattan. Well, it's called that. So that makes sense. Yeah. Then they kept cutting the budget, right? Yes, they cut the budget. So they would just like cut location by location basically until he had to rewrite most of the movie to take place on the cruise ship because single location and they could afford it i mean yeah. it's cruise ship like i that yeah. looked like a freight carrier or <laughs> something the low deck this is not <laughs> i have watched the perfect amount of below deck to love this movie though because like 80 yeah. percent of it takes place as like a below deck episode and I was here for it. The inside of that did not match the outside no, of it. I no, mean, no. at all. It's like a Star Trek ship where I was like, oh, thank God they have a seven story like cargo area or whatever. Yes. They each had their own room and it was huge. Yeah, and she, she's she got a shower as big as my like state room on the last cruise I was on. I was like, does she own this boat? I didn't understand the plot at all. What plot? Exactly. <laughs> I was like, why does she see? Why does she see baby Jason? Then she murders him. I don't understand. Yeah, because part five made all the sense. So <laughs> part five is a classic. It is a classic. This is a downward drive of this franchise. This film, the kills aren't even that great. Like, like the, he just he like chokes three people. Like my Jason doesn't choke people. Hashtag not my Jason, guys. Yeah, he weed eats them. <laughs> he weed eats them. No, Mikey, he puts them in a sleeping bag and slaps them against a tree. That happens in a few. And that's my, I love that. I mean, that's a classic Jason move. The, the best kill here is the hot stone through the stomach. Oh, that one got me for that sure. That is wild. Like that dude got his intestines boiled to death. Yummy. <laughs> what? Paige? <laughs> no. Well, technically, if it's haggis, I guess, you know. Right? I mean. Yeah. When it's stuffed with other pig parts <laughs> and sheep parts, you're like delicious. But when it's fresh, from a sauna, you're like disgusting. <laughs> and this is the second movie in a row we've done with like eight people in their high school class. And it just. Yeah. And nameless kills. <laughs> no, no. I think, no, there were a lot more people there. I think they just got killed. Like we just didn't see them get killed. Yeah. Just off screen. Because we saw random people in the, in the suit, in the disco room and yeah. getting on the boat. They abandon four of them in the restaurant. They don't even go look for them. They're just like, there is no restaurant anymore. <laughs> and they just leave the boat. Yeah. In my mind, those people are still just like on the boat yeah they're like where did everybody go he, he keeps coming out of rooms though so i'm just assuming that he's killing the people in those cabins and then i mean you know that's my that's guess that's probably I no actually what they want you to think is happening yes 
Yeah, yeah. because what's really happening is that dog is Jason. Fucking knew it. We've already had that theory once in one of these episodes, and I don't remember which Friday the 13th it was. Four. That the dog was in on it. Was it four? Well, it's the, yeah, I think we did talk about that. Also, that maybe or maybe not the dog committed suicide. And uh, it's like hard to tell if Jason threw it out the window (laughs) or if it just jumped out the window. (laughs) This is why Jonathan is our Friday the 13th nationally recognized expert correct i'm not gonna lie to you the first seven kind of run together <laughs> but this one stands out question mark <laughs> well, like wait it's on, on a boat todd it's on a boat <laughs> that is fair that is different you're right i had to remember what happened in the last one and when and it, i couldn't figure it out until we got to the part where jason was under those pieces of the dock and i was like Oh, right. The telepathic girl <laughs> who threw oh, a TV at him with her mind. Oh, I forgot about with her dad or whatever. Oh, yes. okay. <laughs> to me, the franchise is first movie, it's Jason's mom, yada, yada, yada. He's on a boat. <laughs> He's a member of the Lonely Island. Yada, yada, yada. My favorite movie of the 80s, yada, yada. He's on a boat. Like, it's, a, it's a bell curve. But this is the end of the 80s, Jason. The, it's the end of the Paramount. Uh, Friday the 13th. Mm-hmm. So that's, you know, that's kind of sad because after this, it I don't know. Well, I guess we'll talk about that in future years or whatever, future months. <laughs> I think you're like, after <laughs> this, they get really bad. <laughs> really bad, but they're they're definitely, they're different. Like these eight feel like something that's supposed to work as like one story, not one story, but kind of, they all kind of fit together. Loosely. But- and then New Line gets it and just starts fucking around. <laughs> so we'll see what happens. What is the status of Friday the 13th as a franchise? Like, is there anything going on? I mean, on there's, a, there's a TV show coming. Uh, Brian Fuller, the guy who did Hannibal. Yeah. Uh, okay. But they're still like the movie rights are still up in the air. I know Jason Blum said something like this week that yeah. he really wanted to get a hold of I it. I mean, I feel like it's a natural fit for Jason Blum to do this, right? I No, I agree. But the last like 10 or 15 years of of like, the lawsuits and all that kind of stuff. I don't know. It's yeah. just, that's a bizarre scenario situation. I kind of think it works in its favor because it's really the only franchise that hasn't been touched for so long. Where like, well, like, that a nightmare. Yeah, yeah. That has. I think that has a lot to do with Robert England. Well, they did. They did the. They did the nightmare remake with Robert Earl. Early. Yeah, it didn't yeah. work. Uh, nightmare is hard because I think Robert England is so attached to that franchise. Agreed. Like I think he's the face of that franchise. Yeah, but even um, the one they did with uh, the guy from Watchmen, that's like ten years ago. Go. Like it's been a long yeah, time yeah, since yeah. they did I mean, anything with it. Which again, yeah. for me, Robert England is Freddie. You cannot separate the two. Yeah, because yeah. I love Jackie Earl Haley. He's a yeah. great actor, but he's just not Freddie. I definitely think Freddie is harder to because that character is it talks a lot, so it like makes it more hard. You know, I mean, we get a lot <laughs> of the actor who is the guy playing Freddie, right? Like, yeah. this is insane because of who Freddie is, but like he has a lot of fucking charisma that comes out. He does when he's like calling everyone under the sun a bitch. Yeah. yeah. That's why by the end of that franchise, people liked him more than anything else because he was the one, you know, that yeah. had the personality, I guess. Yeah. But like Jason, you just like stick a dude in a mask and like kill some people. Jason's yeah. got jokes, man. He lifted his face mask to those punks and they ran away. It was funny. He laughs in this movie, which is really <laughs> weird. Paige, what's really weird about that is it happens while he's fully under the water and you hear him laughing yes. under the water, Paige. <laughs> Guys, he was farting. <laughs> Honestly, getting electrocuted back to life will shake a little bit loose. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, 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 absolutely. You expect him not to have gas? He's been under there for so long. He's a little bloated, okay? I don't even know how he sneaks up on you. You have to smell that. Oh, right? yeah. I'm- 
Is he supernatural like, in this film or not supernatural? What they, he are you absolutely. saying? Someone punches <laughs> his face for conservatively 45 seconds and nothing happens. And then he punches that dude's face off of his body. And he got electrocuted back to life after being underwater for years. Yeah. And Jason lives, which, uh, you know, we agree is the best one in the franchise. <laughs> we all do agree that. Yes, Jonathan. I think he be- he becomes like Frankenstein's monster at that point. Right. right. He's like he's a zombie. So he's like super powered zombie guy. I mean, he did have supernatural powers. He's not like shooting lightning at people and shit. No, he's not Raiden, Jonathan. Come on. But he's strong. (laughs) Yeah. You guys never punched a guy's head off his shoulders? Mikey, what are they teaching you in that boxing class of yours? How to defend myself. (laughs) It pops clean off. Clean cut. Like he's a Barbie. It popped like he was a Lego. Okay. Head cannon. He's like got that Mr. Glass disease or whatever. (laughs) What? From, from Unbreakable. I, I do get no, it. I know, That's actually but I, very I, funny. Yes. I, I understand the reference. I just don't understand how you got there. Oh, no. Well, Mr. Glass would have popped off super easy because his bones were glass. Are you saying him and Samuel Jackson, are you saying they look alike? Is that what you're saying? Oh, oh no. Well, oh, I didn't say that. Hang on. I didn't say that. They look <laughs> totally different. I heard I heard about your master's degree. So, oh, you know. shit. Oh. I still can't believe you said that, Todd. That that had me dying. Jonathan uh, <laughs> is talking about our roast battle and that joke, because uh, Paige helped us craft the jokes, but Paige, I told you that joke, right? I You all wrote all your own jokes. You just told them to me, and I was like, no, yes, no, yes, yes no, shorten that. So I had heard a lot of no's on my list of roast jokes that I was reading off to Paige, and then I was like, well, the only one I have left, I would never say in public. And she was like, tell me information. You know how she does. TMI. And then, and then I, I said the joke to her, and she was like, not only do you have to do that joke? You have to end with that joke. Yes, yeah. I agree. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Got to close on it. Mm-hmm. I'm so sorry, Mikey. None of it's true. It was a roast battle. I apologize. You don't have to apologize. The audience declared me the winner. But the judges declared me the winner. So like I... Some would say when your hand gets raised as the winner, that's when you become the winner. There's one way to clear this up. Rematch. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta go best two out of three. I'd rematch that motherfucker. Hell yeah. Unfortunately, I'm going to retire undefeated. (laughs) (laughs) You should. You absolutely should. Punching down is beneath me. (laughs) Mikey was the winner. I can openly admit that. Like, they did go with the audience vote. He did win. You were both very funny. It was a lot of fun, though. Like, and Mikey brought some killer fucking jokes, too, man. It was great. That's cool that you guys got that experience. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to derail everything. Paige gave it to us. That was 100% Paige. Paige headlined that night. Well, I was like, how did he get in Caroline's? I was like, oh, yeah, Paige is a stand-up comic. (laughs) Nepotism. Well, wait, no. (laughs) It's friendatism. Friendatism. (laughs) Paige is my aunt. (laughs) I'm glad we can finally come out with it. It's like friend nepotism. I don't know what they call that. Friend nepotism. I'm sure there's a term for it. There's got. You're not be. here for that. You're here for us to talk about Jason takes Manhattan. I can say there's nepotism in this movie because the editor's son plays young Jason. God oh. damn it! You always find a way to bring it back on topic, and I love you for it, Jonathan. Was Jason's? 
eye like that the whole time when he was little in the other one. Yeah, don't you remember uh, from number two where he bursts out and like jumps on the boat? Yeah, but he was already dead. I thought he got run over or whatever and drowned. Like like when he was a regular kid. Did he got <laughs> run over. He... <laughs> I like this one. What, what movie was that? <laughs> Jason's just the third kid of like, like an alternate um... dimension. <laughs> <laughs> he was he was standing in the road and you guys weren't paying attention to him. It's Audrey's older brother, Jason. <laughs> Uncle cousin Eddie's like kid, you know? Wait, was that a vacation reference? Yeah. <laughs> he fell down a well, got kicked by a mule, and then murdered 30 counselors. <laughs> okay well that was actually his mom and who's that guy that guy that played him he's like a he's like a got like a band now or something and apparently at all the conventions he makes you listen to his music as part of the although there's a lot of people at conventions with bands that make you listen to their music true story uh rookie of the year kid that guy's got a band because he was oh, playing yeah. it when we were we did wizard con cinema sense did and uh he was there trying to get people to watch him play his music he was fine the only oh. acceptable band name for that kid is funky butt loving <laughs> And I, if it's oh. not that, I refuse to listen to it. Is that from American Pie? No, that's from Rookie that from, of the Year. That's from Rookie of the Year? Oh, okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Rookie of the Year and one of the best Workaholics episodes where they nail Mitch Hurwitz <laughs> with a, a full beer can. And that's what he yells is funky butt loving. Yes. Paige, I love you so much right now. That is such a specific stupid reference that I specifically got. I love it. So when Jason takes Manhattan, he probably smells like funky butt loving. Boom. Segway. I can smell. He probably smells like a corpse that's been in the water for a long time. Yes. Which, if you ever smell wow. that, way way to think outside the box, Mikey. I, okay, I have smelled that smell. It is what very pungent. Oh, actually, yeah, you might have. Yeah, because he. Yeah, yeah, I believe his you. day job. Yeah, yeah. One time we we scooped Jason right off the right out of the river. Oh, why'd you take him out? No, we electrocuted him. He came back. It's fine. <laughs> Can you imagine Jason in the Cumberland River, though? Yes. Yes, I absolutely could. You know what's crazy? Okay, so Percy Priest Lake, Jonathan, yes. is there was a town there. That would be like the yeah, perfect yeah, yeah. place to have something like this. Like, yes. you know, like a Jason kind of figure. Yeah. Like a plane yeah. maybe crashes into that lake and electrocutes somebody down there. People die on that lake every weekend. There was a plane crash uh, two years, uh, three years ago on that lake that Paige is specifically referencing because of her cult podcast. It literally buried the plane. That's how that's how fast that plane went down. Wait, is that yeah. the is that the one they did the Netflix documentary yeah. on? The Gwen she was Shamblin. yeah she was in Brentwood. Well, now she's in Burntwood. Oh, oh, damn. Oh, 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 oh. <laughs> oh God. God damn. damn. I'm sorry. I'm in a dark place. It's it's weird, though, to watch a, a true crime documentary that opens up showing sky shots of your <laughs> hometown. That it's is very weird. weird. That was very yeah, weird. That's right. I grew up in Brentwood. So <laughs> it was also weird working very closely with someone who died in that plane crash. Yeah, I was going to say there was I somebody bet. you knew was on that plane. Yeah. That's, that's he wild. He was one of the nicest people I've ever met. That sucks. I mean, he was just a co worker. We weren't like friends. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but you knew him. Yeah. It's still like it's. And he was in that documentary. He was in the documentary. He and his wife both sadly passed. But like in the documentary, we watched it, of course, because we worked with them. And we were always like, oh, my God, was there like another shoe that was going to drop about this guy? And nothing. He was him and his wife were the he only ones guy. that didn't have yeah. anything bad about them that died that day. So we were like, oh, God. So he was just like <laughs> a good guy. That's great to know. 
<laughs> Thank you, HBO. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny that you're like, yeah, it's weird for a documentary to take place in the place where you lived. And I was like, oh, that happens to me like every we third documentary. It, <laughs> you live in LA. He lives in Greenwood yeah. is a smaller town. They're like, a cesspool of murder. It's your <laughs> corner store. <laughs> oh, we have a murder Kroger here in town. Yeah, 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 you definitely do. Yeah, we have a murder Trader Joe's. It's good to know that even though you know we're across the country from each other, we have similar issues with our cities. I like we're competing on who has the most murders. <laughs> well, someone was murdered in my alleyway. Wait, really? Yeah, I mean, I yeah. Wait, I thought you were making a joke <laughs> and was hoping that, like, you would clarify it. And no, you were just like, no, yes, someone actually did die. No, like, I saw a guy get killed in my alleyway. Is that real? I honestly don't know if you're <laughs> yeah. joking. Yeah, it's real. That man's name was Thomas Wayne. Oh, my God. No, it was real. Wait, <laughs> you can't work a joke in and then also be like, no, it was real, though. Like... He actually did get killed? No, 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 no. I heard a gunshot. I looked out the window and I saw muzzle flashes. Then the then cars raced Oh, my away. God. And then- What the fuck? They, they died around the corner, so I had to like- They yeah. were coming <laughs> home from the opera, and now Holy he'll do God. anything okay. to avenge no, their no. deaths. Okay, I have I've to been know training if this is actual- no, To fight no, crime. No, I have to know if this is actually a true story or not. I, and it's killing me. It's a true story. So wait, you killed Batman's parents? Hang on. No, no. I was just around <laughs> when a guy got killed behind my house. And he just happens to be Batman. He got murdered? Yeah, but he, yes, he got shot. And you still live there? Yeah. I, I, I don't deal drugs. I'll be fine. Oh, we'll see. <laughs> I bought a house and that was the biggest accomplishment. I don't know why I'm laughing. <laughs> That's terrible. I have a question about the movie. I mean, I know we're off track, but like. We haven't even got on track. But okay, well, the dude who has a suit, is he that girl's dad? No, he's her uncle. Although I completely understand why you don't know because it's very confusing. I feel like I watched the film in such a way where like it flashes back and she's like, that teacher threw me into a lake and tried to kill me. And I was like, what? That guy is like, if you watch the behind the scenes stuff, though, Peter Mark Richmond, that guy's so nice. Like he just seems like the nicest person on the face of the earth. He just died like two years ago. That dude made it to like well into his 90s. Yeah, right in my alleyway. Right, yeah, he was in Mikey's alleyway. <laughs> That's how this happened. Peter Mark Richmond, I think he just died because he was in his 90s. Yeah, he shouldn't be out in Mikey's alleyway selling drugs or whatever. <laughs> He's a Christ. nice drug dealer, though. It's very sweet. Yeah, he was one of the good ones. You know, like that Walter guy. <laughs> I don't know who you're talking about. <laughs> Breaking Bad. Very timely reference. <laughs> I don't know any other drug dealers. Uh, Jay and Silent Bob. Is that less timely? Scarface. Okay, that's older than my reference. I mean, technically, Clerks 3 just came out, you know, yeah. this past year. Oh, no, not so. yours. That yours was great. I'm just saying Mikey's was older than mine. What did Mikey say? Serpico? What you say? Yeah, Scarface. Yeah. <laughs> he said Scarface. The French connection. <laughs> Once they got to New York and there's that scene where they are doing nebulous drugs, uh, and refer to it as any number of different kinds of drugs in that scene. I had a moment where I was like, which one of us is going to be able to critique the drug language in this scene? And I was like, <laughs> I don't think any of us. No, no. That whole scene is so bonkers. It is over the top bonkers. 
But it's like Jason Voorhees gets to be uh, like a hero for a second. For a second. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You don't get to kill her. I get to kill He's her. He's like, I mean, I'm going to brutally murder her, but you don't get to rape her. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. all I'm saying. Even a mass murderer is right once a movie. I don't know that that's yeah. true, actually. But he was in this movie right to kill those guys. Yeah. She gets injective with like conservatively like a pound of heroin in that. That is so many millimeters of <laughs> millimeters. Yeah, millimeters. CCs. It would be CCs. I need a thousand milliliters of CCs, heroin stat. <laughs> but that syringe is gigantic. Yeah, they fill it all the way up. I was and they like, feel it like she would be dead. But then I don't think it's heroin because he turns around and he's like slinging some premium cane. And I was like, is he injecting cocaine? Who knows? <laughs> like, why? what is happening? It was probably toxic waste. <laughs> probably toxic waste. <laughs> There's a lot of it in New York. Oh, that was what was the secret of the ooze. <laughs> oh, cowabunga indeed. I don't understand, though, because like I don't know anything about doing about shooting because I can't stand needles. So I've never shot myself with anything on purpose. But I always think it's weird how they top it off. Like they actually squirt some of it out. I'm like, that seems like. Did you just waste like five grand? You have to. Oh, yeah. Because you can't inject yourself with air bubbles or you die. Yeah. So you have to do that to make sure all the air is out of it. Yeah. Which oh, okay. is why if you have injectable medications that you take at home, they really encourage you now to switch to pens. So like I'm. I have I, a pen. Yeah. I'm on an injectable medication. I used to have to use syringes. Uh, and they mm -hmm. would come pre-filled, and then once you're done using them, they snap into place so that you can't reuse them. Yeah, nice. Um, but they give you directions of, like, push to this click, and then whatever. And now it's pens, so I pretend like I'm giving myself a crazy antidote. It's pretty fun. <laughs> <laughs> you're like, Jake, I got bit by a snake! <laughs> Clear! I love it. I wonder if Jason Voorhees is diabetic. Type two. Oh, I hey, maybe. <laughs> well, maybe we should just go through this movie scene by scene, then. Sure. This movie opens on a bunch of just like B-roll of A, some real New York, and B, some Toronto. Is it Toronto or Vancouver? Is it Toronto? It's all the same, whatever. It's Who not cares? the same at all. It's usually Toronto. There's two Canadas, French and regular. Oh my God. You, usually it's French. And the only reason I know this is because Toronto doubles for New York all the time. It's like really. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. And it's so common that they make a joke about it in Scott Pilgrim that is set in Toronto. But there's that scene where Chris Evans is supposed to be filming in New York and he throws him through a backdrop. And as he crashes through the Empire State Building, it reveals the Toronto skyline behind it. To basically oh, be like, nice. ha yeah. They even have like big video screens and stuff, right? Aren't they kind of? They do, although it's, Times Square is unmistakable though. They are in Times Square in Oh, this yeah, movie, yeah, 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 absolutely. Because I mean, Tokyo has stuff like that too, but they it doesn't do. look like Times Square. It looks yeah. way cooler. It's kind of like walking around Blade Runner, huge fan. Yeah, Tokyo's awesome. <laughs> big fan. Uh, but we start with all that B-roll and just a real weird like tone poem by some narrator that we never hear from again. I honestly thought it was like the intro to a weird song that was like very like Jason Takes Manhattan specific, but then a song never started. I was like, what the fuck was this VO? And it's a DJ, right? It's like a DJ, but then also every single song in this movie sounds like Don Henley's Dirty Laundry. Every song. <laughs> Darkest Side of the Night, baby. Yeah, yeah, it's like four different songs. 
but they all <laughs> similarly sound like Don Henley's Dirty Laundry to the point where if That's you just funny. played Dirty Laundry over this entire movie, you would not notice the difference. It would sync perfectly. Try it. It would sync perfectly. Dirty Laundry is the vibe of this movie. Like everything kind of looks like Dirty Laundry. Yeah. It's it's the new Pink Floyd Wizard of Oz. Paige created it. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Well, it just it made me think of like I feel like every generation has what like one movie song that's in too many movies. Like when we were in high school, it was Semi Charm Kind of Life by Third Eye Blind. It was it was either Semi Charm Kind of Life or Two Princes by Spin Doctors. That and okay, it's so ev- Spin Doctors was before. Yeah, dun, but you're right. Dun, 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. And like every trailer, and I was like trying to think of what it is now, and I I'll come back to it. We should poll in the Facebook group. Let us know what you think the song of today is. But yeah, this is definitely Don Henley's Dirty Laundry. Yeah. Uh, that they couldn't afford. So they were just, they just went to studio musicians. They're like, have you heard Don Henley's Dirty Laundry? Do you have like a musty laundry? Musty laundry. We've got icky clothes now. Like, <laughs> hit them when they're down. Machete when they're up. Yeah. <laughs> that, like that's what it sounds like. That is essentially the music in this movie. Yeah. Yeah. You've got musty laundry. We cut through New York and then we cut to Crystal Lake where they're on like a yacht and it's these two teens making out. And they're hearing the radio of the song that we kind of just heard. Yeah. And it's like, this goes out to the seniors of Crystal Lake High. We're so glad they're coming to visit (laughs) us in New York. And I was like, what the fuck kind of dedication is this? a long distance dedication. Well, you have to understand the last 10 years, they've had like a mass violence incident every year for like. That's true. It's like the low shoulder of this movie. <laughs> and New York City doesn't give a fuck about anybody visiting. I mean, I thank you. They just don't like the most ridiculous thing about Home Alone 2 is that everybody looks at Macaulay Culkin as he walks around the city. Like right. that's the most. I mean, this actually is pretty accurate that nobody's even paying attention to some fucking zombie in a hockey mask. They're just like, whatever. When he walks through the subway train and just like yeah. pushes that one lady and no one tries to help her, I was like, accurate. Oh, that's what, dude. Yeah, hell yeah. Welcome to New York. That is like the most <laughs> impressive stunt I think I've seen in most movies because she eats <laughs> shit right into a pole and does oh, not yeah. break character. He does it on the escalator too, doesn't he? Yeah, he throws somebody down an escalator yes. as well, but again, no one moves. <laughs> It's insane. <laughs> and at the end, when he's just like standing in New York City, they're just like walking around. I'm like, ah, fucking this guy uh, again. I mean, he is like six, seven, 250 pounds. <laughs> like, I'd be like, yeah, he shouldn't have thrown that woman around. But like, I ain't going to fight him. <laughs> oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's OK. The one thing that they didn't do that I, that would have made me laugh until I died was when he's standing in Times Square that they don't have tourists take a picture with him. Oh, shit. That would have been very funny. As if he was like a character. If if it was L.A., he would have been out in front of the Grandma's Chinese (laughs) Theater. The Chinese Theater. Yeah, and then that definitely would have happened for sure. Well, there's there's people dressed up in Times Square. Yeah, but but this is before that. This is the sex show era of Times Square, right? No, it's not. The sex show era of Times Square is like late 70s, early 80s is the sex show era of Times Square. This is the tourist era. Like people were actively going to Times Square at this point. There would have been characters. Yeah. That's a weird thing. Like, this is one of those crosshair movies because, like, a year before this, you had Big. 
Right. And that's like what New York had become. Right. But you still had movies like this and like Maniac Cop and stuff like that that still kind of were in that early 80s. Uh, late 70s mode right they were probably movies that were written in the late 70s early 80s yeah, that didn't get produced till later and that's why they felt that way <laughs> right <laughs> although none of the ones in the 70s had the sewers being filled with toxic waste so that was a new no that's a new one except for the original teenage mutant ninja turtles it's like in serpico he's like we can't chase that guy in the sewer they're about to run the toxic yeah, waste through it. it's almost midnight they flooded with the, the acid he'll be taken care of the toxic waste will get him. We'll look for we'll look for his uh, bones tomorrow morning. Let's just <laughs> let's just bump off, get a cake in a bag, and get some coffee. That was in the director's cut of Serpico for those that. Oh yeah, oh yeah, and that was my spot on, I guess, Al Pacino impression <laughs> yeah. from a movie I've not seen. Toxic waste. <laughs> <laughs> that toxic waste has got a great ass. I love heat. That's exactly what I, I was thinking. Like you're all up in it. You're all up in the toxic waste. Okay, but for real, how do you guys not like this film? It's got such meaningful characters as the guy in the suit and the the girl, and then like oh my god, Jason and the captain, Mikey. I did like this movie. This movie is like a fever dream. It's amazing. I, I did like the brief Apollo Creed moment we get in this movie. And it's so sad <laughs> that Jason is basically Ivan Drago. He is wearing a hockey mask. I don't know how much those punches would connect, you know? Well, he's punching his, like, core, and it don't, it don't matter. But if he's, like, that talented of a boxer, though, he's not wasting his time in that disco, like, on somebody yeah. he just graduated with. He's not going to risk, like, breaking his hand or whatever he was doing. <laughs> I, I yes. don't, no, Jason, I mean, he's fighting for his life. but For sure. And if you listen, supposedly, that scene's pretty, at, like, addict. Like, what, they're really, he's really yeah, hitting Kane. He's really hitting him, yeah, Kane said he sure. gets hit about 66 times or something like that. And Jesus. That's crazy, honestly. I feel like, and we know this from his autobiography where he mainly writes about himself. <laughs> yeah, Paige, that's what autobiographies are. And I know you're making reference to the time you said that before you had that thought. And that was uh, Why is this funny. all about Kane Hodder? Yeah. Why is this all about on, on set for this one, there's so many deaths. In, there's not much of a plot to this movie. There's just death after death after death after death. None of it makes sense. It's almost like Jason has to teleport from death to death. Um, but also, in between each death, he would do a full disco dance for the cast <laughs> to cheer people up on long shooting days. And apparently, they loved it. You know what other Friday the 13th, which is death after death after death, Friday the 13th, part five. Five. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the best <laughs> 80s film of all time. <laughs> I will say that that teleporting thing is interesting because I always think about that disco scene, but I did actually listen to the director's commentary this time because I had seen the movie so many times. I knew what was going on, but um, he did say his point in that scene was that she would be like, she's spinning around so much. She doesn't really know where she's looking, which, okay, but the background changes. So he's definitely right. teleporting. He definitely teleports <laughs> or there's multiples. But the one that I was thinking of is when he chases the the uncle into a building and he is behind him. But then the uncle gets to the second story and Jason throws him out the window like he somehow yeah. beat him inside. And then he's back <laughs> down on the ground. Yeah. And Hedder, the director, uh, Rob, Rob Hedder, Hedden, something like that. Um, mm-hmm. He said he got that idea from Frenzy. And like, I just watched Frenzy. I don't know what the fuck he's talking about. <laughs> he, kept saying, he was watching Frenzy and he had the idea that wouldn't it be crazy if that guy teleported into that building? He kept saying he was such a Hitchcock fan. I'm like, yeah, these don't these aren't Hitchcock things, though. Like, I don't know what. Yeah, like it's like the birds, man. It just flies out the window. 
<laughs> yeah. See that dead rat in the toxic waste, man? That's that's the trouble with Harry. All <laughs> oh my God, that was Splinter! We see Splinter in the opening credits of this movie, guys, and in the the bucket that he drowns that guy in. But he but he dies. It's you see the corpse he's later. Dead, buddy. So. Yeah. Or is that is that his old skeleton because he's now much bigger? Did he shed his skeleton? Yeah, before he gets his half robe. Hell yeah. No, because if it was really acid washing out the sewers every night, they would not be able to live. It's not acid. It's toxic sludge, Mike. Toxic sludge. But there are buckets of acid within the toxic sludge, as we learn later. Well, how do you clean toxic sludge? Come on, Mikey. Oh. Duh. Logic. <laughs> I think I'm out Mikeying Mikey, and I'm here for it. I just didn't... I I just don't like this one. I don't like it. You don't like this movie? No. I can't talk to you until we next interrupt Paige when we're going through the plot. <laughs> okay. We haven't even started. <laughs> I we're know. not even on the boat and we're an hour into this recording. I was trying to get <laughs> us to the boat. Anyway, so they're on the little boat yacht thing and they're they're like getting all romantic listening to the radio. And as they're literally like laying down to bone, he's just like, Oh, hey, it's kind of weird that we're around that summer camp where all those murders happen. And she was like, huh? <laughs> a real boner killer, bro. What are you doing? She doesn't have a boner. I know, but like a lady boner killer, if you prefer, yeah. Mikey. But like he does like <laughs> he does come in and he's all like, it's weird that we're by this like murder camp. And she's like, what murder camp? And he goes, you don't want to know about it. And then he goes into the most graphic detail he could possibly <laughs> give her. And then they have sex? After, well, after he puts the hockey mask on. It's called role-playing. Don't kink shame, Todd. That's not what happened, Mikey. They, he wasn't role-playing. He was scaring yeah. her. He pretended to stab her. Like, But before any of that, sorry, Paige. they put sorry, the Mom. anchor down. Sorry, this Mom. is very sorry. important. <laughs> yes, he does put very the anchor down. Very important is a very strong word. That it's is the how reason he the gets movie happens. And back to life. Anyway, since the anchor <laughs> was down... It comes across Jason's <laughs> dead body and hits some sort of power line and electrocutes him back to life. And then he climbs back up onto the boat where they're having probably the worst sex uh, you could have because they're teens. But then, it, you know, they die right after. So they won't know any better. Those people were 30. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, did you know that actress wrote Holiday? No. What? And I, I love, love Holiday. Yeah. Tiffany Paulson. She also wrote that Nancy Drew movie with uh, Emma Roberts. Oh, that I, like I didn't that. see, but I liked Holiday. <laughs> yeah. It's just weird watching. Like, that's the girl that wrote Holiday. That's weird. She's a bad hiding place picker. She does yeah, that's pick true. like the only <laughs> trap door. Oh, there was a reason for that. Uh, yeah. She was supposed to jump in the water. I, I don't want to steal Paige's fun facts. Did you have something about this? No, go for it. I, there's so many fun facts. My, part of this is because I actually listened to the commentary. This is why you're the nationally recognized expert in Fight of the 13th. But she was she was supposed to jump in the water and it was really cold and uh, they didn't have the money for um, a stunt diver. Uh... But what's weird is a stunt woman does does actually act in the kill scene. And, and Tiffany Paulson actually says you can tell because when the person gets stabbed, it's a close-up on the chest area. Yeah. And that woman has much larger breasts than her, is what she said. So I didn't know. I didn't yeah, I don't see breasts. Yeah. I saw her for what was inside her. Yeah, yeah. Breasts. I just saw yeah. a lovely woman dying. I didn't see <laughs> ample bosom or anything that was her comment but i'd say but i thought that too at the time i was like why didn't she just jump in the water i mean at least try to get away and then and then i saw that in the behind the scenes yeah so, and that, that does make sense but it's also like you definitely would jump in the water and try and swim to shore because she was not that far away from the shore 
Exactly. I love that like our Friday the 13th ritual is so like ingrained. We didn't even like talk about it up front. We weren't like, oh, hey, because it's Friday the 13th, we're doing this <laughs> special episode with special guest Jonathan. We were just like, all right, it's fucking Friday the 13th. You all know the deal. Let's go. I think they've it's we've done it seven times. No, I loved it. I thought it was funny. I like how people get excited that it's in October too. Like Friday 13th in October. I'm like, yeah, but the Friday the 13th films are like summer films. <laughs> like they're yeah. not like June 13th, I think would be more exciting. But you know, <laughs> yeah, you know, I was watching this today and I was like, ooh, ooh, spooky movie during the spooky months. And then I was like, this isn't that spooky. I got to find some other spookies. That takes place in the woods and in the summer. Yeah. I like a good fall camping trip. Yeah. See those leaves change. You know what I'm saying, Mikey? And do you do you tell your uh, the girl you're with about Jason yeah, well, before you before you get intimate? No, it's like right before. It's like right before. <laughs> he just pulls the mask down <laughs> as he starts thrusting. Yeah. He's like, no, leave Todd's hoodie on. Oh, what? <laughs> what the fuck? I should say that that is a joke Mikey made to me. I thought you made it on the podcast. I don't know. About that. that. That may have been a joke you made in private. Oh, shit, it was, Mikey. <laughs> I don't even remember that. So, like, I'm sure it was good. I thought I was doing a callback to, like, a podcast bit, but no. It's hard. When you've done so many different podcasts and stuff, it's it's hard to keep it all in check. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, uh, Jason kills them both uh, with, like, a spear a gun. Spear gun. Yeah. When I was a kid, I thought that was actually his intestines because there's like that. Um, the rubber, the rubber band. The, yeah. yeah, the band. Yeah. And when I was a kid, I was a dumbass. So that was partly. <laughs> no, I had that internal. I'm like, I questioned oh. it myself. Yes. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, but then we cut immediately to the Lazarus, which is a crazy name for a boat. But I think refers to the fact that Jason comes back to life. Mm -hmm. Well, I, I mean, unless the boat comes back later. Yeah, it's got that's got to be what they're referring to. Fun fact, it's the same boat as Ghost Ship. Really? It's No, no, I'm full oh, of shit. Oh, shit. Full oh, of that'd shit. be amazing. <laughs> There's no way that boat is still, like, together. No. Like, it's bad. I mean, I'm surprised they would even make that seaworthy, like, consider that seaworthy to get them Ugh. out of there. Also, how do you get to to the Hudson River Oh, I have from no Crystal idea. Lake? Like, yeah, no clue. tributaries, how do they work? Not I, a clue. <laughs> I, and, and not only, they get to the open fucking ocean. Like yeah. the open yeah. ocean. Crystal Lake's an island. I do have a question about that because they do say they're going down the river, right? They say that Jason came down the river to where their boat is taking off and that's how he got oh, on their but boat. But they're in the Hudson, right? If they're at the Statue of Liberty, is that not the Hudson? Am I wrong? I No, I think you're right. I But I just, I don't, at that point, I don't know how they were in crazy open ocean earlier. Yeah, no, they definitely were in open ocean at some point. It is very bizarre. It's strange. Yeah, I need somebody to tell me how that works. <laughs> Fucking magnets. How do they work? How do they work? <laughs> I did just confirm, Jonathan, it is, it is the Hudson River that the Statue of Liberty is in. Mm -hmm. Anyway, the unattended yacht rolls up to where this boat is loading up with students. And it seems to be like 12 students, two crew, a captain and first mate. End of list. Actually, that would be a first stew and uh Yeah. So you got Captain Jason. Great. Yeah, you got first stew. You got your yeah, first Aisha. stew. Mm -hmm. You yeah, Aisha. Don't forget Stephen King's pen. Oh, yeah, and Stephen King's pen. Yeah. Because the one teacher comes to drop off Rennie and is just like talking to her very much like a parent and then is like, You've been my best student. And I was like, I'm troubled by this relationship. Yeah. Yeah, no. <laughs> that feels like grooming. I thought that she was like her mom. You know, it was like a very like motherly <laughs> conversation 
Right. And then like, you're the best student I ever had. I was like, oh, she was homeschooled. Like, that's what I was thinking. And then when she goes to talk to the older guy and he's like, I'm her legal guardian. I was like, well, then why weren't you driving her here? Who is this (laughs) woman? What is going on? Right. But no, as much of a dick as he seems to be, I think he has a, I think he has a rightful issue in that situation. I think yeah. he does some things right and some things very wrong yeah. in this movie. Yeah. Well, you got to learn how to swim. No, God, no. <laughs> that is also not what I was referring to, but he does that wrong as well. I think at this point in the movie, I mostly get why he's angry. For me, the tide turns when he's like yelling at a kid who's the only one who can save them. And he's just like, oh, nice piloting the lifeboats. And I'm just like, suck a dick, uncle, whatever. He's like, 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 you fucking idiot. He's like the Polly from the Rocky movies of of the Friday the 13th. (laughs) He's just always a dick. But he was like, his dad's a captain. He should be able to be a captain. I was like, that's not how captaining works. Yeah, it's not in your bones. Are you talking about the guy, the captain and his son? Yeah. Well, no, like the, the teacher starts shitting on the captain's son when he can't like immediately run the boat yeah yeah it's like look at this dumbass captain's son who can't do the job of a captain like he's in (laughs) high school you fucking dick like i couldn't do what my dad did for a living no i could leave my family at any time (laughs) mikey you'd have to establish a family before you could leave them can't leave your family if you've already left them before you left them. You know what I'm oh, saying? Oh, Mikey, you are pre-ghosting your family who ceases to exist because of it. So, like, if Mikey went back in time, his Polaroid would actually, like, start to turn into a family. <laughs> right, right, instead right. Instead of him by himself at Disney or whatever. By the way, when they're getting on the boat, though, and then Jason comes out of the water, has he just been hanging out underwater all night? No, he came on the boat. That came from Crystal Lake. And it, we do see it pull into the dock, but then he like swims over. But aren't they in? But that the big boat's in Crystal Lake too, isn't it? Yeah, it's in Port Crystal Lake. <laughs> no, the big boat's at a different dock. Oh. It's at a different dock <gasps> down the river. Yeah. Uh, gotcha. So he's on the other boat. Okay. Right. But what we don't understand is how the head stew or whatever, the harbinger, on this mm. boat knows that Jason is there because he has not seen him. Yeah, that was weird. Nor has anyone else. Until like multiple kills in. He's like, I've been telling you it was Jason. It's like, what? No, you've just been being creepy. I love that character because he aggressively has NPC with only two dialogue options vibes. Yes. Because (laughs) he doesn't ever go to the captain and say like, hey, um, I saw Jason on this boat, then climb on our boat. He doesn't. Oh, he doesn't warn anybody. He says only two things. He hears JJ dying. <laughs> well, that. But he, he also does say to them, "I saw him there. He yeah. climbed on our boat. He came down the river, and then he climbed on our boat." He does say it to them. Well, maybe he shouldn't be such a fucking creep about it. He was being a creep about it, and that's why they didn't believe him. Yeah. But. Anyway, everyone gets on the boat and Rennie's uncle's like, why are you getting on the boat? Because she's like afraid of water or whatever. Mm-hmm. And they're like, is everyone here? And they're like, yeah, except for those two kids that like to bone each other. But I guess we'll just leave them behind, even though they probably like paid for the trip or whatever. <laughs> they weren't here by noon. I mean, they're dead because, you know, but listen, yeah. the tide waits for no couple page. I know. <laughs> Yo ho. We got to catch this imaginary current to the ocean. Yes. But. We cut to the captain's, the the bridge. Yeah. The bridge. 
Yay! Look, sure. I think at this point, <laughs> I've watched enough Below Deck where I could step up and captain this ship. Oh, God. I, I think you have unearned confidence in most things that you do. It is called the Dunning-Kruger effect, Paige. You're like you're like Ken in the Barbie movie asking if you can perform surgery. <laughs> well, yeah. He, yeah, but he also thinks he can beat up a kangaroo. Like, th- there's a whole long list of things that things Mikey thinks he can do. With no proof. I can do it until I can't. I really don't think you could beat up a kangaroo. That kangaroo would kick your ass. Thank I'm pretty you. sure. I don't think I I don't think it would be one sided. I just think I could get a couple of licks in and maybe, you know, get maybe. a lucky shot. Yes, yeah, thank you. <laughs> you heard it. Jonathan's on my side. But no, I, I definitely think I could be like said. anchors away and then like ding, and then do the little like the wheel thing. Do you think it's like the Atari game kangaroo? Is that what you no, oh, no, I'm talking about captaining the boat. But I do think even with the boat, Mikey, I feel like you would like get the boat started and then be like, now what do these dials do? Well, you just got to go forward. <laughs> I don't think it'll be like unscathed. I'm not saying it'll be a perfect trip. We might sink, but we'll get there. What? We might sink. <laughs> we'll get there. <laughs> what is life if not a journey to death, Paige? And that's where this is ending. Like, we'll just ram the ship into the island or whatever. Like, we'll be fine. We'll get close enough to jump off. What are you, Captain Jason from Below Deck Down Under, Mikey? Exactly. I am Captain Jason, confidently. You do have some Captain Jason vibes. Is that really a captain's name on Below Deck? Yes. Yes, yes it is. Jonathan, as my mental health has declined over the years, uh, <laughs> I've watched worse and worse television, and I've landed on Below Deck Australia. It's Below Deck Down Under. Nice. Oh, down under. Dude, I watch Mass Singer. I cannot say anything. <laughs> okay. Mass Singer is wild because every single time they vote, they're like, is it Beyonce? And I'm like, why would she ever do this? Yeah, it is. They do. They they name like, the, it's like, is it like Barack Obama? Is that who's behind that mask? He's got better shit to do. Is he dressed do? up like a raccoon? <laughs> is that Putin? Is that Putin in that mask? <laughs> One time it was Rudy Giuliani. <laughs> oh, that was great. And man, I've never, like Ken, I didn't know like, I have never seen Ken Jong look or not. What's that's not his name? Yeah, Ken Jong. Yeah, no, no, yeah. I believe it was Ken Jong. Yeah, I think okay. so. Yeah. Have you never seen him so ill? Yeah, he. <laughs> I mean, it, they couldn't even hide it. Like they cut away yeah. from him so quick because I think him and um, the other guy the got out. Yeah. Yeah, they left the set. Yeah. And Jenny and Nicole's hung out. I can't believe I'm talking about Mass Singer. Sorry. But, uh, <laughs> I just like finding out who's behind the mask. Sometimes I fast forward through the singing, but I like to see who's behind the mask. I'm down with that. <laughs> Who was the giant flower cricket person or whatever? Polly D. <laughs> I think Polly D was one of them. We're getting off track. <laughs> I could drive this boat. You could not. Anyway, uh, he gives his son a sexton, kinky, uh, which never comes back into play because he gives him analog like charting controls that he doesn't know how to use, which if he had taken them with him on the lifeboat, he would have known that they were closer to New York. Oh, well. (laughs) Anyway, uh, so Jason climbs up, and this is where the second place that he laughs, there's just like a weird laugh overlaid on Jason climbing up onto the boat. Yeah. It's so weird. He's like, I fucking love rope climbing. (laughs) I can't wait to go on a cruise. I've been saving up for so long. Margarita Mondays. (laughs) Travelocity. I hear they have yogurt and pizza all night long. I wonder if he got the car rental package. So when he gets to, you know, New York, he's already got the car. Now all I want is like for big companies to like during (laughs) October have like Jason as a spokesperson or Michael Myers as a spokesperson or 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 a horror cruise. Like think about Halloween horror nights, but a cruise. A horror cruise. All of you to death. I am not doing that ever. 
No, I am not getting on the Queen Mary page. No. Yeah, I was going to say, we do have the Queen Mary, but it doesn't go anywhere. It just, it stays stationary. We might have to do two episodes on Freddy versus Jason because there were so many scripts written for that movie. But in one of the scripts for that movie, Jason is driving a car. And I am so sad they didn't keep that in. <laughs> that would explain some stuff. I just want to see, like, like, can you imagine, like, Jason driving a Hyundai, like, in traffic? Like, that would be amazing. Don't fuck with my son, Anna! <laughs> he, he was never old enough to learn to drive. Like, there's so many things like that. Well, somebody taught him last night. Yeah, well, like, when he's, like, pulling fire alarms or, like, pulling the power lines, I'm just like realistically jason is just a very waterlogged child so like how does he know oh yeah like he's yeah on this one is i don't think he's done that in most of the other i guess he's cut phone lines maybe but this one yeah. felt like he was like he was being very strategic with who he yeah. killed and when yeah i'm not on a cruise with you you're on a cruise with me <laughs> <laughs> are we out even on the cruise yet in our breakdown yes. of the plot okay we're at the party teens the teens are partying. Oh, when they're having their dance with all 12 graduates or whatever? Yeah, to, to a Don <laughs> Henley knockoff as usual. You must do laundry. And, but this is where we kind of go around and we meet all the teens. For this collection of homeschool families, we've chartered this fishing boat for your senior cruise. Oh, what was your senior, well, y'all senior trips? They went on a cruise. I didn't go. I didn't go. You guys did have a cruise? Oh, interesting. But it was like extra. You had to pay for it. Yeah, we had to pay for ours, too. We didn't have a senior trip. We went to like Fall Creek Falls for the day, but that was it. I went to Washington, D.C. in eighth grade. Yeah, we went to San Diego. Oh, that makes sense. Yeah, if you're in L.A. Oh, no, I grew up in the Bay, but like we, we drove down to San Diego and saw the zoo and the beach. Either way, that makes sense. I didn't do a senior trip, although I'm pretty sure we had one, but I was poor. I don't know. I'm not very sad now. Bye. <laughs> And we just like <laughs> swept over that. We were just like, we just ignore it now, Jonathan. <laughs> yeah, that's also why he doesn't know any Nickelodeon shows. Yeah, yeah. He's poor. His brother died. We've gotten it for like two hundred episodes. <laughs> he doesn't know who Pete and Pete are because he was poor. <laughs> what was the camp? What was the camp show though? Camp Onawana. Like, salute your shorts. Yeah. Salute your shorts. Yeah, we hold you in our hearts. My shorts were hand me downs. So. Do you guys know? Um, <laughs> first off, they he's were. like an Eddie Murphy and Raw. <laughs> the McDonald's burger. My mama made it. <laughs> Do you guys know The Office when uh, Michael Scott says, oh, yeah, inside jokes. I'd love to be a part of one someday. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's how I feel when you guys start talking about like childhood Nickelodeon shit. I'm like, yeah, that would have been nice to know. You can watch some of it now. <laughs> yeah, a lot of it's streamable. A lot of it's now streamable. Now it is. And right. some of it holds up. If I remember correctly. I like brought up Are You Afraid of the Dark and you like yelled at me because you thought I was making it up or something. Dude, is, is I my... didn't know. I had no idea. He like yelled. He's like, you're... Blah, blah, blah. And I was like, no, it's like a real show. It was like Nickelodeon Twilight Zone. Yeah. Or it was. Something. It was like Nickelodeon Twilight Zone. But also they just did a new Are You Afraid of the Dark on Netflix. And it's like oh. a three episode, one story mm -hmm. arc. Oh, shit. And it's definitely geared towards kids. Like sure. the new Goosebumps show looks pretty good. Yeah. Anyway. Anyway, Todd lived through this film because his parents couldn't afford the $40. You know, Todd had goosebumps all the time because he didn't have heat. Ah! <laughs> oh, God. Even the guest is roasting me for my vulnerability. No, I was actually, I was I was kind of siding with you. I was like saying something you would say. <laughs> You're not helping Jonathan. I'm sorry, Todd. No, I'm I do just not need I'm just fun. joking. I'm just joking. Oh, my God.
I feel terrible now. Thank you. No, don't, don't feel t- that shit was hilarious. Please Spit don't feel terrible. Fire, which is what Todd's heater did not do because he could not afford it. It's like that was so funny. And then after this, you're never fucking coming back on this show again, by the way. No, Jonathan, you're coming back to every goddamn one of these. That's your punishment. <laughs> If they had had a Goosebumps Halloween Horror Nights maze, that would have been fucking lit. Oh, yeah, you guys went. Yeah, we, must, we I, I went like back. two years ago. I haven't been since then. It was so fun. It was fun. We'll never make uh, Todd go on a roller coaster again. We learned our lesson. I'm so sorry. I should not have pushed you. I realized that was a hard boundary. That was my bad. Oof, my oh, you're not a roller coaster person either? Ugh. Did we tell the story on the podcast yet? I don't think we did. I don't. Well, we I think we told it at the live show. I don't think we told it on the. Oh, on okay. The, I got made fun of all the time, and then found out years later that I had vertigo, and I just wanted to call every fucking person <laughs> that made fun of me. <laughs> like, well, it, okay. In uh, in my defense, okay, because I know you have a height thing, and that's why yes. I asked you. I was like. It, you know, is it because of the drops? Because the ride that we were going to go on doesn't really have any drops, but it's very fast mm-hmm. in the dark. Just like me. And you, based on that information, <laughs> agreed to go. Now, I had forgotten a part of the ride that I forgot to inform you of. And I did genuinely forget until we sat down and a guy started cheering. I believe you. Backwards, backwards, backwards behind us. And then I was like, oh, no, I need to tell Todd right now or he's going to think <laughs> I lied. <laughs> and then. Oh, it went backwards. Yes, one, which one was did. this? The mummy so it goes forwards and then you go backward on the same track yeah Yeah. and so i turned to todd and i was like i forgot to tell you this goes backwards but you would we were already clicked in and then the ride took off and i apologize we actually posted a picture mikey took a, a selfie of all of us in the very front of the mummy car and like two seconds after he snapped that photo was when Paige was like we're about to do half this ride backwards and then like that was right after the things clicked down oh, no. into place. And then right before we shoot out, I hear someone right behind me go, this is the fastest ride in the park. And I was like, no! <laughs> and then we start going. When I said backwards and I saw your face, I was like, I've made a terrible mistake. <laughs> we can't get out now. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Well, sorry, uh, Todd, that you had to do that. Yeah, I will never try to do- make you do that again. I am so sorry. I do genuinely believe she didn't remember it. It went backwards because she did yeah. like immediately right before before we even took off like she sounded concerned she was like oh <laughs> i should tell you this goes backwards so like i i don't think she was like or no. anything <laughs> like, no no not at all yeah but i could barely walk getting off the ride that's all i'm saying like it was rough no i'm with you i feel you yeah i had a good time mikey loved it the mazes were fun i loved the mazes i honestly want to do it again next year because it's a great place for us to like create content from but I would do all the houses again like we did, but I wouldn't yes. do any roller coasters. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah, no, yeah. I would never ask you to do a roller coaster again. <laughs> but we do. We we have to figure out how to get because I I shot a few things and they were just completely unusable because yeah. it was so do- it was too dark. So yeah. we got to figure out a way to like actually get some shots and maybe we plan it and go on media night so we can bring cameras in. Uh, I'll check that out. I was going to say, they don't let you bring cameras then, do they? When we were there, they didn't let you, but yeah. yeah. Yeah, when we were there, they didn't let, although they wouldn't stop people with their phone, but you could not get usable footage with your phone. No, it was too dark. Yeah, there is a night that they call media night where they do let people go through with special permission with cameras, but I think there are guidelines on like where and when you can post mm-hmm. those. 
Um, but I'll look into it. Yeah, do it. I at least would just want pictures or something, but the, it was just tough to get. Like if they took pictures, I would buy them. Oh, a hundred. I yeah. I, if they took pictures, we would have bought all of them and written it off, and it would have been very funny. Hell yeah. But yeah. Anyway, I'll I'll look into it. You know what would be amazing is if they did a Friday the Thirteenth Part Eight house, but ninety percent of it was on a boat. <laughs> <laughs> That's what they do for the Queen Mary for Halloween. Well, yeah. They should do <laughs> Queen Mary takes Manhattan, but it's just all on the boat <laughs> in Long Beach or wherever the fucking Queen Mary is. It's in Long Beach, but now it's part yeah. of Shacktober. So it's a Shack themed Halloween adventure. That sounds fun. <laughs> Wait, like the basketball player Shaq? Yes, Shaquille O'Neal. It's Shacktober. I like Shaq. Yeah. I yeah. lived in Orlando when he played for the Magic. So like, whatever. He came to my elementary school and took his shoe off and poured a whole gallon of milk into it. I'll never forget Wait, it. What? It was the craziest Wait, experience I've ever seen in my Gross. life. I'm not even joking. <laughs> that was like a thing that happened at Indian Trails Middle School, like fifth grade. I'm not even oh, joking. Oh, he was just showing he could. You... He was just showing he could fit a whole gallon of milk in his shoe. Yes, it was. I think one of his like first or second years. Yeah. Paige, your brain is breaking for good reason, and Mikey is realizing he should have been paying attention. My brain is destroyed, and I had to pee before you started that sentence, and now I have to pee even more because my body was like, vacate everything. We need to concentrate on understanding this. Everybody's like, oh, that's cool. What did he like? Did he give you guys some words of inspiration or, you know, no, he just poured milk in his shoe. Poured a gallon of milk in his shoe. Welcome back to part eight of Friday the 13th. 13th part part eight. eight. Yeah, exactly, Mikey. Anyway. Party teens on a boat. They're on a boat. They're on a boat. Take a good hard look at this motherfucking boat. Jason out here straight flipping bodies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There um, we go. Um, Sean gives Rennie hit the Statue of ne- Liberty necklace that'll come back later. Yeah. Here's a $5 necklace. I love you. They're in high school, oh Mikey. They don't have like... They're in high school. Shitloads of money to waste. He couldn't afford Stephen King's pen. Yeah. <laughs> Can we talk about the pen, though? That looked like one of those you dip. Like, in, like I'm just like picturing Stephen King like licking the top of it. Like, yeah. You know. Yeah. It was a calligraphy pen. It also looked very haunted, but yes. <laughs> There's no way Stephen King used a calligraphy pen. No. He used it to dip in cocaine ink. Yeah. <laughs> also, doesn't he famously write on a typewriter still? Like, Or is he one of the ones that writes long form on a notepad? He writes know. in cursive, like, what the from the pen from the Constitution. Duh. I don't know if he still does a typewriter. <laughs> the thing with Stephen King that kills me, though, is he never does an outline. That's insane. I can tell that. But that makes so much sense. <laughs> He'll write, like, 300 pages and throw it away. Like, oh, oh, this isn't going where I want it to go. That is privilege, and I do not like it. Genius privilege. It's it's peak ADHD. Yeah, that's what that is. Because as a writer, the only thing I ever want to do is not outline, <laughs> and I force oh, myself yeah, yeah, to yeah, fucking yeah. outline because otherwise it gets it gets wonky. And then you get 400 pages into something and you're like, I got to throw all this away. Because people always ask him why he won't write a straight up like whodunit because he does write crime novels, oh, but they're not like that. Oh, because he plan it out. Yeah. Yeah, he doesn't plan it out. So he's like, I can't do that. He's like, he, he totally respects people that can. He's like, I just can't do it. My so. brain doesn't even work that way. Uh, So this is where we also find out that Rennie is afraid of water, but we don't know why. We meet her classmate with the video camera and the girl with the guitar where they're making like an old style music video kind of thing. Yeah, that was like JJ was the girl with the guitar, right? And then I think it was... She was hot. I know. Who should be the final girl, FYI. Oh, that'd be awesome. When the guy with the camera whose name escapes me wasn't like, 
super into her i was like what's wrong with you wayne was it wayne it was wayne yeah i remember because later when he when wayne confesses his love for the hot girl and she like kindly escorts him out of the room i was like oh i've I've been the nerdy guy with the camera who was then asked to leave when the job was done. <laughs> I've been the girl with the guitar being like, hey, I don't think that popular girl likes you, but I like hanging out with you. And then had people go like, but popular girl. And I'm like, oh, and that's how you become a comedian as an adult. Or Jason murders you. <laughs> and it does happen really quickly after this shot. She dies really early on. Almost immediately because she's like, uh, there's a sound room downstairs, which she means it's basically the cargo hold where it's going to echo. Uh, and so that's where she's heading off to. Meanwhile, Julius and one other guy that I don't think we ever get a name for is boxing and Tamara, the hot girl. And then the girl that looks like Kelly, who are watching. <laughs> You mean the actual Kelly Who? Is it Kelly Who? I, <laughs> oh, yeah, it is. Yeah, it is. Okay. I, I, like, I that, thought you were joking. I'm sorry. <laughs> I, so that's the one part I didn't have a chance to look up. I was just looking at general fun facts and had that on my list and forgot to look it up. It's her first film, I think. That makes a lot of sense. Uh, because Pretty sure it's her first film. Yes. Kelly Who, uh, who uh, if you're not aware and you're a listener, uh, she's the villain in X-Men 2, arguably one of the best X-Men movies. Mm -hmm. But yes, very young in this. And seeing her in this made me think like, holy shit, she looks amazing in X2 because <laughs> of like yeah. how old she would have had to have been. She mm -hmm. looked great. Yes. So Tamara and Kelly Who uh, looking down at the boxers and they're like muscular bod hot. And then a like repairman is walking by and Tamara just says, look sensual. And they just kind of like relax into like lean model pose, which is very funny. But then Tamara brings out some cocaine and Kelly, who is like, no, I have a science scholarship. And Tamara's just like, whatever. And is doing cocaine. But as that's happening, Rennie comes through looking for her dog because her dog has wandered off. We will not see her dog again until she gets in the lifeboat. I know. And then it's just like there. It just disappears from the movie for an hour. Yeah. and it, Well, then it disappears again in New York. And it disappears again in New York. She hated that dog, though. The actress, Jensen Daggett. She said that dog would never do what it was supposed to do. So That's probably why it's not in the movie. Probably. Yeah. But that reminds me of Prey. When they had that dog that wouldn't do anything they wanted it yeah. to do, but it was so cute. I love that dog yeah. in Prey. Prey's awesome. This is Mikey from Harvard, and I practiced this ad for Factor in my car today. <laughs> Can you show us what you practiced? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mikey from Harvard in here to <laughs> talk about Factor. <laughs> Nailed it. I have used Factor on and off the last couple of years, uh, especially since 2020. My work is very busy. I have a very busy day job. He does. I have a very busy hobby uh -huh. slash second job called podcasting. <laughs> yeah, it's so much work for you. <laughs> Eating healthy is hard. Cooking, I'm single. <laughs> Cooking single is hard. And I've loved Factor. Other people, they ship you ingredients. You have to cook them. It takes a long time. Factor. They ship you fresh, never frozen meals. And it always only takes two minutes, which is like my favorite thing. I never have to think about how long it has to go in the microwave. It's two minutes. That's what my dating profile says. Always two minutes. <laughs> <laughs> it's helped me eat healthier, though. They have a bunch of like dietary options, like low calorie or protein or keto. Is it keto? Keto? Mikey, you've said it wrong so many times. I'm not sure if I remember how to say it right. It's keto, right? Keto. No, it's keto. It's keto. 
But anyway, Factor's amazing. <laughs> so just head to factormeals.com slash horrorvirgin50 and use code horrorvirgin50 to get how much percentage off, Mikey? Were you paying attention? 50. Damn. 50% off. Literally half off. That's code horrorvirgin50 at factormeals.com slash horrorvirgin50 to get 50% off. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows VR training platforms like ForgeFX help students master their skills. There's a big learning curve with welding. Virtual reality simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Anyway, they get caught by the uncle who's just like, oh, were you using drugs? And she was like, no, uh, we're just exploring the ship. And he's like, well, then I'm going to need your biology project. And I was like, I have questions. First of all, Paige. didn't they already graduate? Yes. I don't know. I feel like maybe she was like they had already done the process of graduating, but maybe she hadn't actually gotten her diploma yet because she had one thing left or something like that happens. Maybe. But is she so remedial that she's taking biology as a senior? Because usually you take biology as a sophomore. That's true. Yeah, I didn't think about <laughs> like, that. Like Advanced what? biology, maybe. I don't think she was in the college prep. Track. And I don't think he's the biology teacher either. Isn't he like no, a principal or he's something? Just a prin- yeah, he's the principal. He's just like a random dude. It was so weird, Paige, that I thought he was like doing what they set him up to be doing. Right. And when he gets there and she's like in a robe, I was like, yeah, that's this is the horrible thing they set up in the other scene. Right. Because surely this graduate does not still need to turn in biology homework. Right. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I'd be like, no, I have my diploma in hand. Y'all can fuck off. Yeah. I mean, they did. Say, did they say they had already graduated, though? Did they say that? It says congrats, grads. Yeah, that's right. You're right. In yeah. The party area. But it also says in the radio dedication that they will graduate and then go on their trip to New York. That's right. So, okay. yes, they have already graduated. And they also throw that random thing in about they're the last graduating class from that. I guess the school's like shutting down. I don't know why that had to be thrown in there. But yeah, it's just like one random throwaway line. Yeah. There's yeah. Just not enough students. I get it now. What do you do with the other people that aren't seniors, though? Where do you send them? You bust them off. Oh, I gotcha. Yeah, they probably already transferred them. Although, fun fact, uh, do you guys know what my biology teacher's name was in high school? And this is not a joke. This is totally real. Did you try to seduce him on a cruise page? <laughs> I did not. I would never. He's, he, he's a very upstanding man who would never do that. But his name is Kurt Russell. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah, spelled different. Sure. But occasionally people send him headshots to sign and he always signs them. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> I would too. And then they get it back and they're like, hey, he misspelled his own name. <laughs> yeah, what's going on? Uh, no, great, great teacher, great guy. But yeah, his name is Kurt Russell. Uh, it's pronounced Russell. Pronounced Russell. <laughs> it's pronounced Kurt. <laughs> oh God. That would be amazing. Uh, we cut to the sauna. Where the guy that was boxing Julius, whose name we don't fucking remember, is chilling out, doing his sauna stuff. And Jason comes in and he thinks it's Julius. And he's just like, hey, man, that was a great fight, blah, blah, blah. And Jason just picks up one of the hot sauna rocks and just like hadoukens it through that guy's chest. <laughs> yes. Yeah, nothing, like it just melts through the guy. And those things are so hot. Like you see it like start to catch the prop that is his stomach on fire because of how hot it is. Yes. Those things are so hot. Never touch those things. Yeah, I, I saw this. Uh, not I didn't see it in the theater, but I saw it like maybe the year after. So I was like 14 and uh, that scene freaked me the hell out this was i think the cringiest kill as, as far as like what made me like wince well yeah and like mikey said earlier all the other kills are pretty 
I mean, it's just stuff we've seen before. It's some pushing heads into mirrors and yeah, a bunch of stuff happens off screen too. Yeah, when because of the MPAA. Yeah. So anyway, uh, so he he gets Kali Mod uh with a hot rock. Don't pee on those rocks, by the way. I did that once as a kid, and that thing smelled like <laughs> shit Why? for weeks. What the fuck, Todd? I thought you were poor. Yeah. Yeah, what kind of poor How'd you get a sauna? sauna? Let's talk about this. <laughs> I had to use the community sauna. Oh, because I'm so poor. You know what's funny, though, is it was my apartment complex's sauna at the gym there. Yeah. Wait, is was were you an adult at this time? No. Okay. <laughs> this story's not checking out. I'm confused. Why did you think I was an adult? Because yeah. it was an apartment complex that had a sauna, which if you were a child, that would have been the 80s. And I didn't see a sauna until the 90s. No, as it a was person. the 90s. That was the 90s. Oh, we page. had a we had a sauna in our, our the neighborhood we lived in. There was like a community area and there was a sauna and a gym. Yep. Really? That would have been in the 80s. Did you live here in town? I lived in Brentwood. Oh, shit. Hey, in like 92, 93, did your sauna smell like piss? <laughs> <laughs> we may have lived in the same place, Jonathan. I don't remember. <laughs> we might have. Why did you pee on the rocks, Todd? I was like seven or eight, guys. Like I was a child ass child. In a sauna by yourself as a child? No. <laughs> there were a bunch of like other children around and they, we were daring each other to do stupid shit. Whenever like when I was a kid, there were probably 20 kids that lived in my apartment complex, and we had a little degenerate kid gang. And we did stupid kid shit around the apartment complex. This is one of the degenerate things I did. Did you play swords on the sauna oh, rocks? Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> did you cross the streams? No, it was just me that peed on it. And man, did I get in so much fucking trouble. Anyway, don't pee on those rocks. Anyway, uh, so in the sauna, hot rocks to death. We cut up to the top where the popular girls think that Rennie narked on them about the cocaine. So Tamara just like knocks her oh overboard. She just L. Ron Hubbard's her off the ship. She commits attempted murder, Paige. Yeah. Attempted murder. <laughs> yeah. She gets overboarded because she didn't have her thetans or whatever. Yeah. And then Paige's 10th grade biology teacher tried to save her and like <laughs> took her back to raise his kids. Do you guys get my overboard <laughs> reference? Don't you remember being in the Navy? <laughs> yes. <laughs> that movie's not problematic at all. It's uh, we, oh, we, we did, did it on, it on the, the Pod. The pod it is, and, I have it to is very to problematic. One. I don't think I've heard that one. The tale is old as time. Anyway, they, they toss a life preserver out and, and Sean jumps in to save her and bring her back onto onto the, the deck. But of course, her uncle is just like, what the fuck? Um, now, as that's happening... I guess the head stew, the creepy deck guy, is just like, Jason's come back and you're all going to die. How would he know that at this point? There's no way. Aye, because Jason's an old she shanty at this point. <laughs> <laughs> that man, we never see his wooden leg, Paige, but he's got one. No, he's got one. <laughs> For sure. He's got scurvy. I mean, I hope so. Yes. Anyway, so we cut to the bathroom where uh, Rennie is trying to kind of calm herself down. She's washing her hands and the faucet is just all blood. And then like a baby drowning Jason crashes through the mirror with a fog machine and is just like 
ah, welcome to Halloween Horror Nights. Like, ah. <laughs> it does sort of look like that. Like, that is the level of scare at Halloween Horror Nights. And I'm saying that as a compliment. Like, that shit's scary at Halloween Horror Nights. Yep. Dude, in the Evil Dead one, when they just had the actress, oh, yeah. like, running out at you that looked like the lady in the movie. Run at oh, you. Oh, that messed me up, man. Dude. Oh, the, the new movie? Yeah. yeah. That would be creepy. Yeah, it was so creepy, man. It probably was her. She's got nothing else going on right now. She's- she was one of the series regulars on vikings uh jonathan she's uh, got plenty of money also she was great in that movie <laughs> she was really good in that movie yeah oh she was amazing anyway in this movie uh the <laughs> uncle principal goes to popular girl tamra's room and she's like here's some champagne for my biology project where she's just like wearing a bra and panties and is painted on her skin and aggressively i will say sexually harasses this gentleman that did not initiate Mm -hmm. or give consent and then very quickly is like um no excuse me i'm your teacher although it took a little too long i was gonna say Paige, the second that rope came off he should have been out of that room screaming for the older lady teacher yeah well you know what they say you try to drown a woman and a woman will try to drown you you know what i'm saying is that what anyone says? What are you talking about? I think just Christopher Walken. And, and, <laughs> There's a gag reel on the Blu-ray, and it's like the most bizarre gag reel, by the way, I've ever seen in my fucking life, but... There's that scene, and in the middle of all that, they're like moving around, and then all of a sudden, you just hear him say, "I'm enjoying this. I'm enjoying this." And then she starts. He's joking. He's totally joking. Okay. Because I think it's like she's like smothering him, so I think he's like having a hard time, like even like breathing or whatever. So it's a making me gag reel. Yeah. Exactly. There you go. It's a bizarre gag. It'll go from like that, and then you'll see a shot of an eye. It's like whoever was putting it together thought they were like fucking Werner Herzog or something. (laughs) (laughs) It's me. I want a hood sack. See the eye. What does it mean? It reflects on us and our humanity. Speaking of the 80s, do you remember the guy with the body on the outside? Like he had the suit. Inside Out Boy? Yeah, whatever. It was like he'd be like on PBS or whatever, and he'd be like, oh, yeah, let's yeah, talk yeah. about the heart. He's like, let's talk about the body. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, I got it. That's what that reminded me of, and it freaked me out, because that dude always freaked me out as a kid, because I was like, that's not right. I shouldn't be seeing the outside. <laughs> I shouldn't be seeing the inside of the body on the outside. That's, that's not, not okay. I had a very attractive elementary school teacher put on that bodysuit, <laughs> and I was like, I feel something oh, inside no. of me. Mikey, <laughs> I have a quick question. How old were you at the time? Is this like formative years? <laughs> To where you're like super into latex play now because of it? No, it wasn't latex, bro. It was like just like a like a leotard. Yeah, tell me about your but fetishes. Come on, baby. You're like eleven. You're like eleven years old, and like this woman's just wearing a leotard with like the organs painted on, and you're like, okay, well, I guess I'm into leotards now. My my pee <laughs> feels weird. I want I want to go home. Oh, God. I need a nap. Miss Frizzle really gets me going. I smash Miss Frizzle. <laughs> are you guys talking about a teacher you actually have yeah yes i am talking about a cartoon teacher we all had oh Jonathan. yeah 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 i know what you're talking about yeah anyway I'm with you. uh so they they do end up kissing on the bed for a little bit which is not great uh but then she reveals that wayne has been taping the whole thing and her whole plan was to just blackmail and him then he got really into it <laughs> he was like great put it on the tripod join in uh but then he's like no how dare you and then he turns to wayne and is like i'll make sure that you never go to film school i was like bro there's not a lot of requirements to go to film school hey Paige, just remind us really quick 
Uh, what school did you go to? Film? Film and media studies? <laughs> <laughs> you actually went to a pretty prestigious program, though, for the record. Yeah, no, for sure. But, like, there are many not prestigious film schools. I'm pretty sure my alma mater, Middle Tennessee State University, has a pretty mediocre one. I'm sure they've got something. I'm they sure. don't, well, that's where I went. They don't have a film school. That was, uh, I don't know what it's called now. It's mass media. Okay. So when I was there, it was called Radio TV Production. It, yeah. There's no film. Okay. Watkins was the film school here. And I do not own it. Are you sure? <laughs> I can't help but notice your last name, Jonathan. <laughs> yeah, I know. But uh, yeah, Watkins Film School, it doesn't exist anymore. Or I think they merged into Belmont. Belmont might have something they going did. on. Belmont now. bought it. It used to be a Metro Center. So yeah. what's it like uh, walking away from your art school with all that Belmont money? <laughs> Yeah, because I sold it to the. Yes. I pe- people ask me if I if I had anything to do with Jonathan's. I'm like, what are you even talking about? The like, bar? Yeah. Like, <laughs> it's because you're the only Jonathan they've ever met. Yeah. Yeah. There's no other Jonathans well, in the world. You guys have to know that's a very, very rare name. Yeah. How many Jonathans do you know? <laughs> Six, maybe seven. Yeah. It's got to be one of those Jonathans, right? They seem to always have. They're pretty packed usually, so I wish I really wish I owned They're, them. But I I like that place. I actually grew up with yeah. a guy named Ryan, and he started that <laughs> restaurant. His last name was Applebee's. Sorry, <laughs> I, I buried the lead. Yeah, well, I grew up with Roger O'Charlie <laughs> and uh, <laughs> Timmy Outback. Timmy Outback and I, man, back in the day. Woo! Timmy O.B. We watch Crocodile Dundee all the time. My buddy Charles Bloomin' Onion. <laughs> <laughs> now that's just menu <laughs> items, Mikey. You yeah. idiot. It would have been better. I like, what the f- <laughs> my friend Jerry Big Mac. <laughs> Jerry Big Mac is so funny. You should have been like, uh, my best friend was named after his dad, uh, and he has a restaurant named after him called Carl's Jr. Yeah. And, um, Carl's. We don't have Carl's Jr. We have Hardy's. Yeah, like my friend Olive. Olive Garden <laughs> and her dad tour of Italy. <laughs> anyway, I, all I, all this to say, there are four profit film schools. So, like, if you want to go to film school and you have money for tuition, there's one that will take you, <laughs> no matter what. Oh, for sure, yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, so uh, we cut to Jason who is like creeping around, and how have we? Hold on, sorry. How did we miss JJ's death? We somehow got past it. We talked about it, I thought. Yeah, in the sauna? No, I think oh, we skipped we it. we mentioned that she died. I guess we didn't talk about how she died. Yeah, well, she dies off screen. We just see her playing down in, in the cargo hold. We see Jason approach. He hits her with the, yeah. he he hits hits her her with the, the guitar. guitar. He hits her with the guitar that she drops as she's running away. And blood hits the camera. And then later yeah. in the movie, it's revealed to us what happened to her because we see her body. Right. But we yeah. don't actually see but it But we don't happen. see that till later. Yeah. Anyway, so that happened earlier at some point. Yes. Anyway, so Tamara gets into the shower. Or this is after excusing Wayne because the uncle principal is like, I'll make sure you never be a student in this town again or whatever. Uh, and then Wayne is like, <laughs> pretty cool that I helped you with that. You know, I've been thinking about hanging out with you for a while. And she was like, oh, that's nice. Bye. <laughs> I felt so seen by this scene because I was like, oh, that happened to me all the time. I don't know why you take the tape out, right? I mean, if I was the principal guy, I just would have grabbed the tape. I mean, I don't. Oh, yeah. She put it in her robe. He didn't want to go back in there. Yeah. Well, and it's, it's not like now. <laughs> no, but he could have taken it for Wayne. He had like three minutes of Wayne. Like, I got the tape. Yeah, yeah, yeah. His limbs can't move well in the suit. The actor who played Wayne, though, he had a very prevalent career. He's recently just finished his seven-year run on Riverdale oh. as the sheriff. Oh. I hate that I know that. 
I love Riverdale. <laughs> I love that show too. My, it's Mikey so bizarre. watches Riverdale. I can't get into it. It is batshit. <laughs> when they get into the supernatural, like season three or something, it's like oh two, my God. Yeah. Like the first season's like, it's a murder mystery. And then by like season two, they're like, we brought him back to life and this is his also his twin. And you're like, okay, I'm down. There's an episode page where they showed their parents as kids, and then the actors that play the kids are just playing the parents as kids. Uh-huh. And like four of them have a band called the Fredheads. Okay. And they do a cover of Dream Warriors. Oh, okay. That might be worth it. Yeah. Anyway, so uh, Tamara goes to get in the shower, which is definitely the biggest boat shower I've ever seen. And she goes to wash off the body paint. She closes the door. Uh, but Jason punches through the door, punches the mirror, gets a mirror shard, and stabs her off screen. I thought this was actually pretty interesting because she sees Jason sneaking into her room. Yeah. And I think that may be the first time one of our victims sees Jason before he gets to them. Yeah, kind of, Oh, in this movie? Yeah. Yeah. It's really interesting. I mean, it doesn't do her any good because she's sort of trapped in the bathroom, and he, like, shinings through it with his fist, you know? But right. it's still kind mm-hmm. of an interesting little play on it, which I mm-hmm. sort of appreciated in this movie. I agree. Yeah. Anyway, we cut up to the bridge where Jason has teleported. Uh, anyway, he <laughs> grabs like a harpoon. And the second that the son, Sean, walks out of the bridge, he harpoons the like first mate and then slits the captain's throat. Just like, you know, one, two punch. Yeah. Bam, bam. Was it the first mate? Was the, Did we see the first mate die or was he already dead? I can't. Yeah, we do. No, we see it okay. through the windows. We see him kind of get like. Bleh. It's like literally in the same scene where the captain looks over at the yeah. first mate who finally gets to deliver his second line of the movie. And the captain's like, mm-hmm. hey, uh, how's your child doing? And he's like, oh, yeah, she's 19 months today or whatever. And then it cuts <laughs> to the angle of him outside after the captain leaves and Jason murders that guy that father excuse me immediately after saying that yeah I remember now you're watching it from the outside right yeah Yeah. right and then of course the captain immediately comes back in discovers the body and gets Mm -hmm. throat slitted like instantly I did like that people were actually seeing the bodies because in a lot of the other ones you know that he hides the bodies and stuff it's revealed at the end of the movie I'm not doing that it would take so long to hide the body by I don't know throwing it over the side of the boat this is the only movie where this would make sense. He is essentially a waterlogged child, Mikey. He's not the brightest, okay? He's doing the best he can. Yeah, but he knows he knows to cut the power because Sean and everyone comes back up to the bridge, finds the dead bodies, and they're like, oh my God, what are we going to do? And tries to call the Coast Guard, and he like, snip, cuts the power so that there's no more radio. Yeah. But this is where Rennie goes to drop the anchors, but her uncle principal stops her, and we cut to Kelly Who who now is in the like disco party room and is spinning around and it looks like there's multiple Jasons or Jason Mm -hmm. is teleporting, uh, but it's just one Jason and she spins around for too long so he chokes her. Yeah, he doesn't like that. He doesn't like that. Uh, So then the remaining students distribute weapons. Half of these students will never see again. (laughs) They're the lucky ones. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Uh, But Wayne goes looking for JJ, and this is where he discovers JJ's body. And of course, Jason has teleported down there as well, because he then throws Wayne into one of the like power desk things. I don't know. It It is is. like a control console in like a 1950s console. Yeah. And it like explodes when his body hits it. It makes no sense. Yeah, it's it's bonkers. Uh, But then he also hits the fire alarm to make them think there's going to be a fire. But then there is, I guess, going to be a fire because of all the sparks 
from that thing. Mm -hmm. I mean, it looks like he's like, I don't know, it's kind of not that big of a fire. Should I hit it or not? I'm not sure. And then he eventually is like, I'll I'll let him know there's a fire. I'm a killer, not a monster. (laughs) Attention, it's lit on the Lido deck. (laughs) (laughs) Is this around the time where we get, there is no restaurant. No, there is no restaurant comes in a few minutes, but it would make way more sense here. Yes. Because essentially they've like passed out all the weapons. Uh, We get... Uh, that one guy that's like with Julius that doesn't really have a name that he has the axe and then drops it and he climbs up to the crow's nest and then Jason (laughs) throws him off of it impaling him on some of the other parts of the ship. Yes. He had, apparently the first cut of this film was like over two hours and apparently that character got a lot of stuff cut out because he was supposed to be like like an Olympic ready diver. (laughs) He was like real life Jason Statham. Nice. Yes. But yeah, he and I don't know how all that incorporated all that into it. But yeah, he was like that was his supposed to be his thing. Like Julius was a boxer and this guy was a diver. Okay. Oh, Julius was a boxer. Weird. I didn't get that impression at all. <laughs> <laughs> Never been knocked out or whatever they say. I don't remember. <laughs> Meanwhile, Rennie is in her room seeing weird visions of her drowning ghost child, Jason, and then Jason head butts through the window yeah before she gets injected with heroin yeah before she gets <laughs> injected with heroin uh and then jason head butts through the window and tries to choke her she stabs him in the eye with stephen king's pen and then scrambles away uh into sean's waiting arms they run down to the engine room where there is like a full explosion and everything's flooded uh but as that's happening the teacher is taking the other kids to the restaurant what should have happened is she t- should have taken them to the restaurant first, then the explosion, then there is no restaurant. But it's kind of out of order mm-hmm. because it's kind of all happening at the same time because her uncle is up in the kitchen part of the restaurant and he's looking for the knife or he like walks through. We get a shot of a knife. He turns the knife is gone and the deck hand has it and kind of like cuts him a little bit. But that never comes back. Then the explosion happens, which would have killed the uncle, but it doesn't. We see the deckhand with a knife, but he got killed with an axe by Jason, but still the uncle refuses to admit Jason is there. Which is crazy at this point. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But now that the lifeboat is deployed, she's like, we got to go back for the other kids. And they're like, there is no restaurant anymore. Which, by the way. There is no lifeboat. There is no lifeboat. There's no restaurant. There's no sauna. If the boat has... has suffered that catastrophic of a failure that the restaurant's gone, it'd be underwater. <laughs> like, they would already be sinking at this point. This would be the Titanic. Yeah, they should be. That's true. I mean, yeah, that, that restaurant is fully there. When he said the restaurant is, there is no more <laughs> restaurant, he was just like, fuck them. We're leaving without them. That's essentially what he was saying. Right. That, that's exactly what happened. Yeah. Maybe it was, like, more philosophical. Like, you know, they were the restaurant, but now they no longer were. I don't know. <laughs> Who knows? The restaurant <laughs> represented their youth and innocence. Yeah. Right. And now that they have witnessed murder and the true horrors of man, they are no longer a restaurant. Correct. Yeah. There was no graduation. <laughs> this is the real graduation. <laughs> yeah. From the boat into the lifeboat. Uh, but they climbed down into the lifeboat, and there's, like, a ladder... And we don't see the dog until we get down into the lifeboat and suddenly the dog is there, having somehow climbed down a ladder to get to this lifeboat. (laughs) Who knows? But then Julius, who got thrown overboard by Jason, swims up into the lifeboat as well. And at this point, I looked because I was like, this seems like the end of the movie. No, there's 40 more minutes of this movie. (laughs) I mean, there is more boat than Manhattan. However... There's a lot of Manhattan. Well, there's a lot of Toronto pretending to be Manhattan. Well, you know, yes. but I mean, there's a lot of him in the city. 
There's mostly the docks, though, because like true, they end up they get to the lifeboat. They get in the lifeboat. The uncle is criticizing Sean the entire time, even though he's the only one saving them. Uh, they see the Statue of Liberty. Finally, it's going to be Manhattan. They get to the dock. Yeah. At that point, at the dock, it's like 30 minutes to the end of the movie. And they spend another 20 minutes on the docks. Yeah, they're barely in New York. Yeah. No, he says in the commentary. Yeah. The original script, they would have been on the boat for about 30 minutes. Right. And then they would have been in New York for about an hour. Yeah. That was the, and then they kept, they kept cutting the budget. Yeah. And so. Yeah. Cause they do, they do dock and it seems like kind of a seedy dock. There's no one around. They're looking for a phone, but before they can find one, uh, well, we do get a great shot of Jason also at the docks mm-hmm. standing next to a billboard that says meet the competition hockey league. That's a very fun shot. It's like Eastern hockey league yeah. or something. Yeah. Cause it's, it's like a different mask than the one he's wearing. It's like the one with yeah. the red streaks for eyebrows instead of the ones that yeah. he has in this movie. Yeah. They should have done a Michael Myers head tilt there. They should have been like, you know, but I think they did. Didn't they? They did. He kind of looks at it and he's like. Hmm. I guess he kind of does, yeah. And then he laughs. Yep, he laughs. And then he farts. (laughs) God, this movie's terrible. It's not. Uh, But then, as that's happening, seemingly in the same place that they're standing, but they're not seeing it because whatever. Uh, So they get mugged, and the muggers take the small amount of wallets and jewelry that they have, and then they decide that they're taking Rennie captive. And then they waste what conservatively would have been hundreds and hundreds of dollars of drugs. on her for the amount to fill that syringe i will say real quick for people that think like xenophobia and stuff in movies is not a thing i'm telling you right now as a kid of the 80s i thought that when you went to new york as soon as you got there you got mugged oh because it happens in almost (laughs) every movie at this time every movie every tv show it was never like up until like big and then big it's like oh we got toys are we got toys and all this fun stuff but before that man it was just like yeah you're either gonna go see a you're gonna go to a porn theater (laughs) then you're gonna get mugged yeah robert de niro's gonna drive you around in a taxi he might shoot you you don't fucking know you don't know (laughs) new york sounds awesome well that new york sounds awesome I mean, I love New York now, but it's not that New York yeah. anymore. Yeah. That was like late yeah. 70s, early 80s New York. And there there was a time where it was not safe at all. I mean, I, I'm not oh, saying yeah. that never happened, but yeah. yeah. Anyway, so the dog runs off at this point, only to return when we no longer have to keep track of the dog. But so these two guys are having questionable drug lingo. Try, they do shoot her up. They don't even tie her off. They don't look for a vein. No. Nothing. No, they just, just into her arm like she's a turkey and they're trying to like get a little more juice in there. Oof, she about to get basted. <laughs> and it does like nothing. Like she feels like she's barely affected by it. Like she sees some stuff, but that's it. Well, she is a very hardcore drug user. Right. I mean, she was seeing more on the boat than she was in New York. <laughs> that's true. Yeah, you would think maybe the visions would come after she was drugged but they happen way more before she's drugged you guys they're not muggers and drug addicted people they are diabetes advocate enthusiasts (laughs) it was just insulin insulin. yes they're like ma'am you need your insulin come with us anyway (laughs) the first guy gets stabbed through the back with the syringe Mm -hmm. which would have definitely broken in the process but whatever i don't know man it went all the way through him it like out his like stomach you see the syringe i was like what no i know i'm just saying a sure a syringe would never no i know i know like what it was insane not that i really care that much about gore but what sucks is because they had to cut it up so much because of the mpa it looks worse than it probably would have yeah. like they actually shot it to where you could see it you know yeah everything happened and this way it just looks 
it looks like they're hiding stuff. And yeah, it's weird. I don't know. Um, of course, I don't know what it looked like. Other, I mean, it might have looked like shit the first time around. I have no idea because we'll never know. I mean, but. judging by every the everything else of this movie, <laughs> it probably did look like shit. I don't know. Not some the best the, looking movie. Some of the effects looked okay in this film. This was his first movie, and I was not surprised. Uh, drowning Jason's <laughs> eye changes position every time. Oh, God. So, like, <laughs> I don't think it looked good, probably. Um, but as the other guy comes back, Jason pushes his head through a pipe, so he dies. Meanwhile, everyone has split up, and Julius runs to a phone booth where Jason, I guess, somehow teleports and just decides not to kill her and tries to kill Julius at the phone booth. Um, they end up on a rooftop, which is where we get like our Apollo Creed moment for Julius, who literally tries to punch him out until Jason just punches that guy's head off, which it looks so bad. It's funny. <laughs> it's wild. Yeah, it's it's almost like they did that. on. I mean, I almost feel like a lot of that was on purpose. I don't know, because you get the you get the viewpoint from the head spinning. Right. Mm-hmm. Like the decapitated head can still see shit. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it could for like a few seconds, right? Yeah. That's true. That's what I've heard. But his head does pop off like he's a Lego. Yes. Yeah. Or a rock'em sock'em robot. And then later, somehow in the midst <laughs> yeah. of this, Jason also teleports to retrieve the head and place it on the top of on the dashboard of that cop car later. Yeah. Well, the cool thing is he punched it and then ran down the steps really fast and caught it right. before it landed. Yeah, that's that's how it wasn't damaged at all. Yeah. He doesn't like to just like rest on his laurels, okay? He's gotta like keep pushing forward. Yeah, and he made sure that that head went into a uh, trash. Yeah, thing. it so did it didn't go just, in a dumpster. He, he wasn't literally. Oh my god! I wish we had gotten like a jackpot sound effect when the head went in the <laughs> trash. What also kills me is the one thing that New York has that should help you is a lot of people. Like I would think yeah. it would be pretty easy to avoid getting killed in Times Square. Like I maybe not. Maybe I'm wrong. But they run to areas where nobody is. Like yeah. Like, Quick, let's go into the sewer again. Yeah. Anyway, the the uncle uh, principal and the teacher and Sean and Rennie all reunite. They run into that cop. And immediately I was like, none of them are going to look for Julius. And they like just get in the car. They're like, we'll call him later. And I was like, he's a teenager. <laughs> like, you have to look for Julius. Look, he's made his choices. Well, I mean, they well, yeah, his choice was to heroically try and save them and get decapitated by a punch for the the trouble of it but once they get in the car and then they the cop walks around and opens the door Mm -hmm. that's when you see his head hanging or like leaning up against the inside windshield sitting on the dash yeah Yeah. oh that's right so jason went to the trash and got it out yes yeah (laughs) he was bored and of course so jason then grabs the cop he's killing the cop rennie takes the wheel guns it and sees jason far down in the alley so again he's like teleporting yeah so that he's in position for her to hit him she does hit him with the car he takes it like a champ but then she keeps driving because she's hallucinating (laughs) and crashes the car the car catches on fire and explodes with the teacher inside it so three of them escape she ends up in the fire car yeah that's not on her she's done a lot of drugs well not that she didn't decide to they were done to her sure sure yes sure. she's a victim for sure but she has a lot of drugs in her system i agree mikey mm-hmm. she's doing the best she can so she just started hallucinating it makes sense <laughs> yes yeah, yeah, yeah the bad senior trip yes you know what i'm saying <laughs> as they're like watching <laughs> the car burn she looks at one of the oil slicks that's on fire and pictures two people in a boat and has a flashback. And this is where we see the uncle principal being like, 
you don't oh you can't swim i'm just gonna throw you into the water where apparently child drowned child jason Voorhees tried to pull her down allegedly well yeah he takes her to the most haunted spot in the most haunted lake and teaches her to swim like a fucking bird parent yeah just throws her into the water like good luck so this movie is saying that he was not a i mean because like that's the confusing thing about this but i mean they just they they back over their mythology all the time but the first few movies he was still alive i mean like i don't think he was supposed to be a, a ghost or anything yeah. yeah no he lived in the shack behind the behind the camp or whatever. yeah and the second yeah and then i think in jason lives is the first time we see him like actually come back to life or whatever so i i don't know it's it's all very confusing so i don't know if that's supposed to be she just saw him she thought she saw him or if she really it's kind of like that in part three that final girl like she might have may or may not have gotten raped by jason when she was a kid that's right you yeah. guys remember that uh, i do now yeah, yeah shit yeah. okay yeah. i blocked it out you know, it's, it's really weird. It makes no sense. I'm not like I'm trying to make sense out of a Friday the 13th film, but I don't know. <laughs> it's fun to try to go through this mythology and try to make it work. It yes. certainly is a job. Because like the director even said, he was like, is it cool if I just kill him? And they're like, yeah, we don't give fucking care. Like, do whatever you want. Yeah. Anyway, so then she comes back from her flashback. She's like, you threw me in there and he grabbed my leg and he's back. But this is where she runs away. Sean chases her. And as they run away, Jason gets up and the uncle principal see him and is just like, oh, my God, Jason is alive. It's like, yeah, no shit, Sherlock. Like what? He's been alive literally the whole time. The whole time. Yeah, I like how he's still like stuck on this. Jason's not alive. <laughs> like, he's, like you just saw Julius's head. Right. Like, I mean, <laughs> who do you think did that? You need George Clooney in that that scene from Dust Till Dawn. Where he's like, I don't believe in vampires. You don't believe in vampires. But we're dealing with fucking vampires. <laughs> right, yeah, right. Exactly. Yeah. Um, but this is also the scene where he runs into that building on the first story and Jason's chasing him <laughs> yeah. and then Jason throws him out, yeah. the sex somehow beat him and then is back on the ground. That was the Hitchcock homage page. That's what Hitchcock did all the time. He had teleporting killers. Of course. I thought it was a reference on rent when they got thrown out <laughs> of their apartment. <laughs> they don't get thrown. It's a squat. 999 <laughs> days and 24 <laughs> minutes. I don't know if that's right. It's Something not. Like that. It's 525,600 <laughs> right. minutes. Anyway, uh, then Sean chases Rennie down, finds her just in a chair contemplating her feelings when she's supposed to be on the run. <laughs> she is on drugs, Paige. <laughs> yeah, it about a little bit of drugs page. she is so lot of high drugs. right now it's also possible she's just a bad actor oh the guy's a worse actor they're both bad it's a weird kiss I, I didn't think it, what's great is they had to replace another guy because he sucked worse yeah <laughs> they replaced him with this guy i refuse to believe that also this is rennie's first professional acting job uh, jensen daggett the actor it's really that really is true yes this is the first yeah. thing she ever did. She didn't do anything again until 21 Jump Street. She did an episode of that in 1990 and then an episode of China Beach nice. in 91. Like she, she I, honestly, she acted for a while, but it was never like big stuff. Good for her. Yeah. She still looks the exact same too. She yeah. looks a lot like Rebecca Ferguson to me. But what's yeah. funny is if you, if you listen to her in the commentary, she makes fun of her wardrobe. But like when I've seen her in interviews and stuff, she's wearing stuff like that. So it's like, that's your fucking clothes. I I don't know. And this didn't have a budget for costumes. Come on. True. <laughs> but 
uh, they they share a real awkward kiss. Yeah. Just, he looks like he's like chewing on her mouth a little bit. Anyway, they run down into a subway station. Now they do sit next to a thing that says Quayton lives. I couldn't find fun facts on it. Do you know what that's from? I thought I it don't. was maybe a total recall reference. Oh no, I do. I do. It was the director. It was a band he had when he was younger. Okay. That's way less cool. Um, but Jason's on the train. He knocks that lady over, which is great. They pull the emergency stop. They get off the back of the train he comes out after them and they just tackle him onto the third rail where he gets electrocuted. And mm-hmm. if the movie had just ended at that point and they had walked <laughs> out of the subway into Times Square, I would have been fine with that. Mm-hmm. But instead, they go up to Times Square and he just shows up. And again, this is where I think someone should have tried to take a picture of him. That would have been very funny. But <laughs> they then run away. And as they're running away, he passes like a gang of teens listening to a boombox and just kicks the boombox. It's my favorite shot of the whole movie. <laughs> as he should, by so the way. Hard. That boombox is in the middle of the sidewalk. Fuck yes. those kids. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck them. Jonathan's got some real Mikey <laughs> energy tonight. I do feel like the walking stereotypical New York kids who was like, what are you cooking my boombox for? And you're like, what are you cooking my boombox for? Yeah, that's what they said. Yeah. That's, that's, a, term that, that's yeah. a term that human beings have said for the last 30 years. <laughs> Mikey has not been replaced by an alien version of Mikey. I have just been an AI talking this whole podcast. <laughs> but my favorite is that like he they're like, hey, our boombox. And then he turns and just lifts his mask and they're like, never mind, man. Uh, nice to meet you. <laughs> like, don't worry it's about funny, it. It's funny, but it's also I don't understand why he's not killing any of these people. Like, right? I'm not saying he should, but I just don't under it. does. I, I don't know why he has a murder boner specifically for these like three or four people. Exactly. Jonathan, he doesn't know these people at all. So any random person <laughs> in New York should be fair game. Yeah. I would think so. The only thing I can think of is that it was him in the lake as a kid, and he's been chasing her since she was a child. Oh, so she's not just uh. like full on, I'm the main character hallucinating this? Right. Like, you think Jason has a good memory? Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. <laughs> no. I mean, he does seem to come back to Crystal Lake every time. Well, other people have like really done him wrong, not this girl. That's true. People have murdered him many times. I mean, we are like four generations past. Because I mean, if you yeah. like do the timeline, this takes place in like two thousand or something. It's, it's like something crazy. To, like yeah, that. yeah. I mean, this is what New York looked like <laughs> yeah. in two thousand. So that checks yeah. out. Oh yeah, it was exactly this. At toxic waste everywhere. <laughs> I, well, you guys don't remember, but like during nine eleven, they're like, this is the worst thing to happen since Jason came to Manhattan. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, honestly, we forgot, but that's what never forget used to mean. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> if Jason was on that plane, it would have never hit those towers. <laughs> it would have hit the pier, Paige. It would have hit the pier. You can't even carry on machetes anymore. <laughs> <laughs> so the, the the subway electrocution after that is when they go past the boombox and I, yes. the timing in this movie, I forget. And then yes. they go in the restaurant. Is that what you're then about to do? Then they go through the sorry. restaurant. Yeah, they go through the diner with the most stereotypical New York waitress ever. Yeah, director's sister. Oh, really? Yeah. I liked her in this movie. No complaints about her. Welcome to New York. Yeah. That sounded exactly like her accent. I'm sure that was how she sounded. Yeah. 100%. Uh, now, <laughs> Jason comes through and the cook tries to stop him. Now, the cook is 6'7", and I'll burn a fun fact. Mm-hmm. I'll go f- through it deeper in fun facts. 
he was the stunt double for Jason in this movie Hell and then yeah. goes on to play Jason in Freddy vs. Jason. Oh, nice. Awesome. Yeah. He was a big dude. Ken Kersinger or something. Yeah, I believe it's Ken Kersinger, I think is his name, but I have it in fun facts when we get there. But he throws him against a mirror, uh, but then he doesn't stop to kill him. Nothing follows them through the back where they then run into the sewer and that we get like five minutes of them running and running and running and running until they run into a sewer worker, like a maintenance guy who's like, we got to get out of the sewer. The toxic waste is going to come through in 10 minutes. It comes <laughs> through every night in the city. How the fuck is he still down there? It's a me. Every night in the city at midnight. The way he says that, like, you big dummy, everybody knows <laughs> that. Like, I was blown away by that drop of knowledge. It's me. Super Mario down here in the pipes. Toxic waste coming. <laughs> that dude was too tall to be Mario. He had real Luigi vibes. That was vibes. definitely Luigi. Yeah. I feel like everyone was was trying to not say a boat as they were doing their New York accents. Yes. They were like, don't, don't give us a boat because that's how we'll say it. Yep. <laughs> but and, and it's he treats it almost like that's my job to be down here and make sure no one's here when the toxic waste comes through and to shepherd them out of the sewer. He looked like he had just found a construction hat, put it on and went down in the sewer. He doesn't work out. there. Nope. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> I'm in the union 106, the union of people who keep the teenagers from melting in the toxic waste every yes. night in New York Union. We got great benefits. <laughs> but anyway, Jason pops up, kills him with a wrench immediately, uh, knocks Sean out. So Rennie takes a flashlight and like kind of flashes it at him to draw him away from Sean. And she's like, you didn't get me in the lake. You won't get me now. She runs. Uh, she finds a barrel of toxic chemicals and throws it at him, which causes him to take the mask off. And he's got like a skeleton face, like a goofy puppet skeleton. It mm -hmm. doesn't look awesome, but it's weird. It's like they should have just paid Tom Savini a million dollars. Just yes. been like, please. Yes, they should have. What are you talking about? He's got he's got an ingrown face. I think you're right, technically. That makes a lot of sense to what you said, but I don't like it. It just, it looks yeah. like a rubber mask. I mean, that's just what it looks like. Yeah. yeah, he looks, it looks very terrible. I mean, if you compare that to some of the other ones. It is yeah. Spirit Halloween's best graphic designer's guess at what uh, Jason looks like under his mask. Yeah, it's it's very Silver Shamrock. We yeah. were talking about in part seven, like how amazing he looked. Yeah. Like they look like, you know, he just, I don't, it was, that wasn't Savini. I don't remember who that was, but he just looked so crazy. Like just so good. Looked like every injury he'd ever had in a Friday 13th film was in that body. Yeah. And then in this one, it's like, he's just got like a mask on. Yeah. Weird know, mask. So. But she wakes up Sean. She gets him to climb this ladder. She's climbing up after him and they manage to get just high enough to miss the toxic waste, which then washes over Jason who barfs a ton of it out. And he's born again, completing the metaphor that Jason is now baptized. In toxic waste. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it does seem to like reanimate him into a little boy. And I think that's just her hallucination, but who knows? But there's yeah. a floating hockey mask. It cuts back and it's just like a cat chasing them through New York and they're just hallucinating it's Jason. <laughs> I've seen this movie like 15 or 20 times and I've heard I've read a bunch of explanations of that I have no idea like I got nothing not a clue just, but they emerge somewhere around 42nd street he gives her back the Statue of Liberty necklace the dog magically found them uh, and they walk off to another song that sounds like Don Henley's Dirty Laundry and that's, that's the, movie. the movie so having seen the movie having talked about the movie how'd you guys feel about Friday the 13th part 8 Jason takes Manhattan slash Toronto slash a boat. Yes. Yeah. What'd you guys think? 
I feel like they didn't spend enough time in Manhattan for it to be in the title, but that's everyone's complaint. Yes. I think it's not quite bonkers enough to be fun. Yes. Like the last one with the te- like the telepathy was so crazy that it it came back around to being hilarious and fun. Yes. This was just kind of death after death after death. They weren't super creative. I know some of that's because some of it got cut out by the MPAA, but yeah, to me, this just kind of felt like a string of not as creative deaths. And then we were briefly in New York. I'd like to see the two hour cut. I don't know that I could sit through a two hour cut. Of this. I do not want to see a two hour cut. It's, I mean, it's too long at 140. Yeah, it is too long at 140. When they got there and I paused it and there was like 35 minutes left, I was like, oh man, um, this yeah. is the longest 100 minute movie ever. <laughs> I wonder if it is the longest. This is the longest. This is is the longest Friday the 13th film. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, Paige, do you want to hit us with some fun facts then? Sure. Hit us with your fun facts. Manhattan fun Fun facts. facts. Uh, So Kate Hodder has said that one of the most fun parts of filming this movie was the scene in Times Square uh, because spectators were lined up down Mm -hmm. the block to watch them film it because they did film it in Times Square and he never took the costume or mask off. He just like walked around as Jason then every once in a while he'd turn his head and look at somebody specific and they'd all freak out Uh, that does sound really fun to me to be honest hell yeah now in that final scene with uh, the water barf that is real water barf uh, Kane Hodder vomited on cue after drinking several pitchers of water oh Oh, god I'm sorry now this is Todd's least favorite in the series We got to give Todd a minute. Oh, shit. That hit me. Oh, my God. I'm sorry. The thing is, I watched that and I was like, that's kind of a cool effect. And hearing you describe it grossed me out. I'm so sorry. Yeah, I'm so sorry. Um, But yeah, Ken Kurtzinger is the man thrown into the mirror who would then go on to play Jason in Freddy versus Jason uh, and also doubled for Jason for a few shots. Hell yeah. In the film. But we did cover a couple times how this was supposed to take place a lot more in New York and they had to cut it back. Uh, And this Mm -hmm. is the longest film. Now, most of the actors in the movie noted and and brought it up to the people making the movie, a plot hole in the filming of the movie. They wondered how the ship got out of Crystal Lake and into the Atlantic (laughs) Ocean. Since most of them were just happy to be in a movie, they didn't bring it up uh, more than that first time. They were just like, hey, wait a second. Never mind. And so the the actor, uh, Vincent Craig Dupree, was quoted in an interview about that plot hole saying, this damn boat could have come from the Sahara Desert and gotten into the Atlantic. I don't care. I'm not going to challenge the concept. (laughs) So the answer is no one knows. Uh, It doesn't make any sense. Now, in the original script, when Jason makes it to the dock, the dog starts barking at him and he was supposed to kick it. But Kane Hodder doesn't like kicking animals he's a very animal friendly man and so instead they had the mugger shoot near the dog because they didn't mm-hmm. want to shoot the actual dog good I, I mean i hope they didn't even have to have a conversation about that like i hope that wasn't like an option like well, maybe I don't think we just were, shoot the dog i don't think they were ever going to actually harm an animal <laughs> like i but whatever anyway i know what you're saying so most of the cast had a friday the 13th marathon and watched parts one through seven the day prior to shooting <laughs> and they were intent on making eight the best one Oops. I, I don't dislike this as much as the two of you, I don't think. I like this movie, too, but it I do think it's not as fun because it's not as crazy as the last one. Yeah, 
I would say it's in the middle for me. I'll put yeah. it in the middle. I definitely like it better than the seventh one. See, I don't. I like seven better, but because it was so crazy, it's way out there. Like telepathy, come on, really nuts. The the telepathy. Five, six, and seven are fire. No, I'm sorry. I like this better than five. I'm sorry, Mike. <laughs> oh, you mean the best '80s movie ever? <laughs> I'm gonna say for me, this is tied with five, but I prefer six and seven to five. Yeah. Now. Of all the actresses, Jensen Daggett, who plays Rennie, was the only actress who was actually a teenager. She was 19 at the time of shooting. Everyone else was older. Oh, wow. Um, during production, many of the cast and crew began calling the movie Jason Takes Vancouver uh, because even though I most of the time it's Toronto, there are shots of Toronto, Vancouver doubled for New York in some of the scenes due to budgetary reasons, mostly in the B-roll. So except for two days of filming in Times Square, the scenes with the docks, the sewer, the alleys, and the diner were filmed in Vancouver, although some of the B-roll is Toronto. So it is kind of both, but yeah. yeah. Anyway. But what it isn't is Manhattan. Is Manhattan, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Charlene Martin, who played Tamara. Tamara? Tanya? It's Tamara. It's Tamara, yeah. Tamara. Tamara. <laughs> uh, she was not necessarily initially com uh, comfortable with the nude shower scene because... Uh, contracts for nudity worked different at the time. So to put her at ease, the director, Rob Hedden, took all of his clothes off and walked mm -hmm. in the shower himself to basically be like, if I would ask you to do it, I will do it. But he didn't tell the camera crew and the camera was rolling the whole time. So when the producers watched the dailies the next morning, they were super confused as to why they had a ton of footage of the director standing completely nude in a shower, talking to one of the young actresses. Uh, but that is, it did make her more comfortable. Uh, and she did do the scene. The only people who saw her naked on set though, were Kane Hodder and a handful of crew members. Yeah. She, she had really good things to say about the director. I, I mean, I don't, I mean, I guess she could have been lying, but she seemed genuine about that. That's cool. So, uh, Lar Park Lincoln wanted to reprise her role as Tina Shepard in part eight. I wish. Uh, but she wanted a higher salary than what she was paid in part seven. Uh, and they told her that the budget could not afford to pay her any more than what she bargained for. Uh, because of this, she turned down the part. So they rewrote the entire script to take the movie a whole different direction. So originally, this was supposed to be a direct sequel to Seven. Hmm. Oh, see, that would have been good with the psychic ability. Man, that I would have loved that. Crazy. Yeah. That's happened a couple of times because Amy, they wanted Amy Steele to come back for part three. Yeah. And so they had to change that up, too. Yeah. So in that version, Tina would then face off against Jason again after being released from a mental institution. They actually, Tina Shepard co-wrote with her husband, or not Tina Shepard, Laura Park Lincoln, who played mm -hmm. Tina Shepard, co-wrote with her husband, an alternative screenplay, which had her working as a psychologist for troubled girls, and Kevin Spurtis, who was in New Blood, remember that they like hated each other on that set, but then eventually became friends. Mm -hmm. He also wrote a screenplay that recast the events of New Blood into wow. a long dream, in which his character was the killer, uh, but Ultimately, Paramount didn't want either scripts, so they gave it to Rob Hedden, who wrote and directed uh, for this. So those those would have been Crystal Lake then, I guess, right? Yes. Those would have yeah. just, yeah. Yeah. Now, Rob Hedden, this is his first feature, but he did write for MacGyver, mm -hmm. and he wrote for the Friday the 13th, the series in 1987, uh, which is how he gets this job. Okay. But 
yeah, it's it's still a challenge, and he's dealing with a studio that has a lot of demands for sure. He seemed like a super nice guy. I mean, I just don't think he's much of a director, but that's not you know whatever. I mean, I don't know. He made a feature film. I've never made a feature film. So good oh for yeah, him. he's way more successful than I am. Yeah. Whenever you're dealing with franchises too, there's always a certain amount of studio involvement. Oh yeah. Um, so some of that can be accounted for there, but other parts not so much. But. Uh, when filming in New York, this was titled Ashes to Ashes to avoid fan interruptions. Uh, so people didn't know what it was. But of course, once Jason is walking around. Honestly, Ashes to Ashes sounds like a way better movie than Jason Takes Manhattan. It does. Like Friday the 13th, Ashes to Ashes. That sounds dope. Um, also, Vincent Craig Dupree, who played Julius, cut his hand in the phone booth when Jason shattered the glass around him. Oh, oh Jesus. Okay. Mm-hmm. During the opening credits of New York City's Times Square, a Batman poster is clearly visible. Yeah. The B-roll took place during the promotional campaign of Tim Burton's first Batman film. God, this was turned around very quickly. Well, I guess they all were because they were all like a year apart. But yeah, Batman came out with three months before this did maybe yeah. two months. This came out like at the end of July. Oh, yeah. B-roll is usually the last thing you shoot. So. Oh, that makes sense. So that got put in at the end. I, I'm with you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because um, they probably either borrowed from footage already shot yeah. at the time or sent a very, very small crew of one or two people out to just shoot that footage. Yeah. See, if I'd gone to a good film school, I would have known that. Um, <laughs> I never went to film school. According to DVD commentary, Lee Coleman was the original actor playing Sean. Uh, but a couple weeks after filming started, he was let go because according to the producers, they thought he came off as too effeminate and potentially homosexual. Uh, and didn't have any romantic chemistry with Rennie. So Scott Reeves was hired to replace him and reshoot all of those scenes. Why does Mikey's room all of a sudden look like there's fog? It's because he's backlit from a top source. It's like, it's like you just smoked like a shit ton of pot or something. Because like, the show starts at night. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll end on this one. To promote the film, Kane Hodder appeared as Jason Voorhees on the Arsenio Hall show in character. Mm -hmm. I watched that yeah. live. <laughs> he didn't speak and remained in character the entire yep. time. <laughs> and those are your fun facts. What? Well, Paige, thank you for those fun facts. Let's talk a little bit about box office. What do you think the production budget was for Friday the 13th Part 8, Jason Takes Manhattan? In 1989. I don't I don't know this for a fact, but even though I know they cut back, but I still think they ended up spending more than they wanted to. So I think it was like five million. Okay. It's because they had to do those reshoots for that guy. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think, well, I should probably recuse myself, actually. They should okay. have just paid to shoot in New York. I know, right? <laughs> Four million. All right. I will say Jonathan was right. It is five million dollars. If you adjust that for inflation into today's dollars, that would be twelve point three million dollars. Now And that's pre-scream that's not cheap for a slasher film like that's actually pretty expensive yeah that's that's pretty expensive yeah um now when it premiered it was fifth the weekend it premiered that was the weekend of july 28th that makes sense. 1989 uh it was beat by the number one movie turner and hooch number two was lethal weapon two Number three was Batman that had been out for six weeks and is featured in the number five movie. Uh, number four was When Harry Met Sally and number five was Friday. The 13th part eight, Jason Takes Manhattan. What do you guys think it brought in in its opening weekend? 
Two million. Okay. Yeah, I'd say like two or three million. I'm gonna say three. Yeah. Yeah. So it actually brought in six point two million dollars. Damn, guys. And it was fifth. Wow. Get this. All of the top ten movies brought in at least two point three million dollars that weekend. Hmm. Wow. So That's a, a good lot weekend. of people wanted to go see it. It is summer, so like there you go. I guess. Yeah. But um, it did go on, and this is worldwide because it didn't get an international release, but it went on to make $14.3 million domestically. And if you adjust that for inflation to today's dollars, that would be $35.5 million. And that is your box office. So it made a little bit of money. Yeah, it did make it did do pretty well. Yeah. I mean, on a five million dollar budget, it made fourteen point three, right? It's not bad. Yeah, and we didn't talk about it much, but that was a really weird year. Like, uh I, I think Paramount just kind of wanted to wash their hands of the of the franchise. They just don't want to deal with it anymore because they were just too much going on outside about, you know, horror movies or you know, there was a lot of stuff going on at that time with slasher films. Cause you get you get like Halloween 5 came out that year, Nightmare on Elm Street 5 came out the year. None of them did well or did as well as they would have done probably a year or two prior. Yeah. Yeah. So I think, I mean, you pretty much, that's pretty much the death of the slasher film is that year until Scream, like seven years later. I mean, you still get like Child's Play movies. I mean, there are some stuff in there. It's not completely gone, but yeah. it doesn't become a big thing again until until Scream. And but then that first Scream is so good. Oh, that's like, that's a great movie. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, so this week... On Friday, we watched Friday the 13th, part eight. <laughs> and next week, you already know what we're watching because we told you that on Monday's episode. But for the life of me, yeah, I, I don't can't know. remember what episode drops on Monday. We're watching Saw 2. That's right. We haven't recorded that episode oh, yet. I kind of weirdly love that movie. And I, it's terrible, but I, yes. I just kind of love it. It's a sequel to a horror movie. <laughs> Yeah. Glowing recommendations <laughs> here at this podcast. I know. I, there's just something weird about it. I, I, it's, it's not. I know it's got characters, settings. But Jonathan, thank you so much for joining us on this episode. Yeah, thanks for having as me as our Friday the Thirteenth national correspondent. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Will you do me a favor? Or do us a favor, I should say, and plug your tell shit. people where they can see more of you. Well, I actually, I actually have a podcast now that's going for right. Uh, we're about, uh, we're a few weeks, we're quite a few weeks into it. But uh, Chris Atkinson with Cinema Sense, I work for Cinema Sense. If anybody listening to this doesn't know that, uh, Chris Atkinson's uh, one of the founders of Cinema Sense. Yeah. Me and him are doing a James Bond podcast. Ooh, uh, where we're covering a movie every episode, and it's uh, we're going in chronological order, chronological release order. Because I know chronological can mean different things to people, but um, yes, uh, it's called Gold Diamonds and Death, a James Bond podcast. And uh-huh. I, if anything, you could just you can just search Cinema Sins, and uh, you'll get all of our podcasts. Uh, yeah. Which we also have a, a Star Trek podcast called Captain's Pod, a movie review podcast called Recotopia, and a lot of fun stuff. Uh, we have a Patreon, Cinema Sins, uh, Patreon.com slash Cinema Sins, uh, where we do extra stuff here and there. And uh, we've obviously got the YouTube channels, Cinema Sins. Yeah. TV sends, commercial sends. And uh, I'm on Twitter at Sam Loomis13. I'm on Letterboxd. Um, I think you can just search me up. I actually am on Blue Sky. Or is that what it's called? Is it Blue yeah, Sky? Is Blue Sky. It is. I am on Blue Sky as well. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm on and I'm Sam Loomis13 on there as well. So uh, yeah. yeah, those are the those are the places you can uh, you can reach me. Thank you for having me. I always love talking about these movies. It's just fun. I love <laughs> that like we we could have you on other movies, but like no. You are our Friday the thirteenth. Forever guest. 
I don't know what we're going to do after the <laughs> yeah, series yeah. ends. We're going to do a different series. Well, we've series. got a few, a fair amount of movies to still get through. Yeah. And there's only, what, like a Friday the 13th, like tw- two a year? If that, one to two a year. We'll have to revisit the first one and Freddy versus Jason because we've yeah. done both of those already, but you weren't on either of those. Oh, you've done Freddy versus Jason already. Yeah, it that's was right. one of our first 20. I never was in that episode. I wasn't in that one either. Yeah. I know. That's why we should revisit them. And Jonathan, obviously, you'll be with us for those. And it does. It is. I think it's more. More of a Friday the 13th film than a Nightmare on Elm Street film. Well, we're two away from Jason X. Can't wait. Where where we get one of the best kills of the franchise. I had that one on in the background this morning. It was on AMC <laughs> Fear Fest. So I had that all while I was working. But thank you so much for doing this. We appreciate it, Jonathan. Yeah, absolutely. So guys, if you like this show but want to hear this power thruple on another movie review show about romance and romantic comedies, check out Romancing the Pod where Mikey, Paige, and I break down and make fun of romantic movies. It's a lot of fun, guys. Check it out. If you want to follow us on social, please do. We are at Horror Virgin or online at HorrorVirgin.com. If you want to follow us all individually, you can do that as well. Paige is at Paige Wesley on Twitter or Rampage Wesley everywhere else, including today. TikTok. Mikey is at M Randolph 24 and I am at Todd J awesome. If you like the show so much and you want to help financially support it, please do by going to patreon.com slash horror virgin where you can get a lot of great levels and a lot of great stuff like bonus episodes, director's cut episodes where they're a little bit longer and you get them actually a day earlier mm-hmm, than the mm-hmm. regular feed drop. We do a lot of great things like listener requests and stuff like that. So guys check out yeah. the Patreon and help support the show. If you want to financially support me, but not Todd, just look me up on Venmo. If you can't financially support the show, that's understandable. That's fine. But if you want to hang out with us on the daily, join the Facebook group uh, at facebook.com slash group slash horror virgin. We also link it like once a week. So just find it there and join the awesome Facebook group. Literally, we're in there talking every day. It's awesome. And guys, we got a P.O. box. So if you want to send us some love letters or whatever you might send to a P.O. box, it's actually not a P.O. box. It's like a regular street address. It's pretty awesome. It's 6688 Nolensville Road, number 108-34, Brentwood, Tennessee, 37027. So send us some stuff. Yeah. And if you want to check out our Twitch stream, we're at twitch.tv slash Todd Awesome, where we will be playing horror video games. So if you have always wondered what it would be like to watch me get scared, you can now do that on Twitch while I play these horror games. It's twitch.tv slash Todd Awesome, guys. Check it out. It's a lot of fun for you. Not a lot of fun for me. We don't do Patreonicals because this is not like a regular episode. This is just like a free gift we give you guys for the holiday of Friday the 13th. So we're just going to close it down. See you next Monday. That's going to be it for us, you guys, on Paige. I'm Mikey. And I'm your horror virgin, Todd. Keep it spooky. 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 Have a decent weekend. Bye. Oh, speaking of which. Mm-hmm. What? Oh, oh my God! You're wearing yeah. the shirt. I did. I got one a few months ago. It's a crocodile Dundee ripoff shirt. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> it does look like crocodile Dundee too, Mikey. Oh, it does. You're yeah, right. I, that's what it is. I couldn't figure out what it was because that wasn't the actual poster, but I knew it was reminded me of something. So crocodile that's crocodile Dundee. That's not a sequel. This is a sequel. The best thing that ever happened from Australia. <laughs> 